0: What up, what
1: up, what up, man? The Real Coach AB here on this fine Wednesday morning, work boot Wednesday. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, ESPN only says what is safe and convenient. See how they break down these soft cats, man. It's unfucking believable I'm going to break them down. Plus, Chase Senior Jim, uh, Steve Kim joined me live this morning. We're going to break down the Derek Carr leaving the radio, Raiders scenario. Plus, all things Eagles and Jalen Hurts. And get an injury update from Chase Sr. himself. Plus, the 49ers, are, a, are they a serious contender with Brock Purdy at the helm? We're going to ask Chase all these things. Plus, can the Dolphins get a win? Steve Kim joins us to talk about that. Plus, his Miami Hurricanes and what they're doing in recruiting. All brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Believe BLEAV. Get you 50% off welcome bonus. And canadipcbd.com, go get you a can of dip, the cleanest dip on planet Earth. Promo code COACHJB, all caps, gets you 20% off. Plus our new sponsor, Keonis Builds. Follow him on IG, Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z, Builds, B-U-I-L-D-S, on Instagram. He will build you the finest bar in town for your man cave, patio, or house. Join us live right here this morning. Steve Kim, Chase Sr. will join me. We're going to break down all things, plus an update on Mr. Hamlin as he's still fighting for his life. We're going to break all those things down right after this. I'll see you on the other side. Yes, yes, yes. Let's get you started on this uh, fine work boot Wednesday with a uh, quote of the day. I got to start you off with the quote of the day, of course. Uh, making mistakes is better than faking perfections. I don't know if that really uh, resonates with you, but goddamn it does me. Making mistakes is better than faking perfections. You know how many people fake some shit and you buy it? <laughs> you bought the lemon. Because they sold you on the car on the rims. The rims look pretty. You bought the car. The engine is shitty. Now you are the dumb fuck. None of you guys ever look at life like that. I do. Fuck what the optics give me. What's on the inside? Same with judging people. Fuck what you look like on the outside, girl. You got ass, but it's fake. You got titties. They fake. What's your heart like? Shitty. Fucking go watch Shallow Howl. Hey, uh, great day to have a great day. Make sure you guys uh, go on over to CoachJVStore.com. 20% off up until tomorrow, the 5th. Um, And uh, you guys can get you 20% off on all merch, my book, plus posters, anything else you want personalized, CoachJVStore.com. We got a lot of new merch on there. But what do I know? T-shirts are now on sale. Go get you a but what do I know? T-shirt. You know you want to rock that. Plus today I'm going to give away some of those T-shirts on some trivia questions. So we're bringing that back today. Uh, I'm going to have that done Further ado, Let's go with the contrary to belief segment brought to you by candidate CBD. Silence is the best answer to someone who doesn't value your words. Silence is the best answer to someone who don't value your words. Contrary to belief. Sometimes we fall down because there is something down there. We're supposed to fucking find contrary to your belief. And that silence cannot be missed. Quoted, contrary to your belief. Silence can never be misquoted. Just remember that shit and let that shit sink in because that is some real talk. Silence can never be misquoted. All they can do is bullshit, and lie and, and and lie and throw your name under the mud like they do anyway. They are waiting for you to say anything. And I, I use that one right there in particular. Silence cannot be misquoted. Because I'm going to, uh, I'm going to break down some things that are misquoted every single day, including this now trending Bart Scott being canceled, now Skip Bayless trending being canceled, and I want to break down those things that people are supposedly quoting that he they said. I listen to it over and over and over, and I can't find what the fuck they're saying is being quoted. How fucking ironic. So again, silence can never be misquoted. So that is the world we live in. You got to walk around this motherfucker quiet as a church house mouse. Because if not, they're going to throw you under the fucking bus. Because these are bottom feeders. That is all that's on social media. I can't wait to dive into this one. Um, Poll question. Should Skip Bayless be taking this much heat? Should Skip Bayless be taking this much heat? Got to ask you. Drop your comments in the section below. Uh, I want to know what you guys think. We can have a healthy conversation about it. Uh, Now Bart Scott's in the mix. So... Is COVID back? I'm confused. I'm hearing it's back. Like, I got to hear about a new variant of COVID. XBB1.5 is rapidly spreading now. Get the fuck out of here. Come on, man. I'm tired of hearing the bullshit. Just tell me it's the flu. (laughs) Just tell me it's the new flu, because I ain't seen the new fucking flu. Um. See, look, hey, hey, the chat is up and running. People say yeah, some people say no. He should be canceled, he shouldn't be canceled. I would love to know. Jamil, what up, man? Why should he be canceled? Drop your question. Uh, I want to know what's up. Hector, what up? Bree, what's going on? I'm just back in the chat right now. Everybody's back in the game. Sean Waffle, pregame fitness. Everybody's back in. Brian Case, hey, uh, Google it, t-shirt, no doubt. Oh my fucking dog's throwing up,
0: motherfucker. Um get your ass over here. Come here.
1: God damn. This fucking dog eats something every fucking day. Now he's throwing up all over my fucking house. That's what you get with live TV. Come here. Give me one second, man. What a day to, what a way to start off. Come here. Come here. Come here. Maybe you won't eat every fucking thing now.
2: What's up? Fucking. What's up? All right,
1: live sh- live drama. Dogs throwing up. Um, lots to discuss about. Uh, man, my power went out yesterday. That shit just triggered. I'm sorry, the show was going great and the fucking thing just dropped. Um, so my connection went out, and then five seconds later, I'm trying to get it on, and the power went out in the whole block. So we've had bad rain flooding. I don't know if you've seen. Northern California is under fucking water. Sacramento, California, Highway 99 which is a major highway up north is completely underwater, completely underwater. I never seen nothing Like it Sacramento river overflowed into the I I 99. So we're getting some bad flooding. Uh, but you know, that's what happens when you fucking don't ever get flood- water and you're under a drought. So it is what it is. Uh, no, he ain't no edible. Your mom's boyfriend, 12, whatever the fuck your name is. Um, uh, I can't wait to break into these Twitter things because I'm finding that Elon Musk is an absolute fucking idiot. Uh, I can say that because I know for a fact that he did not start up Tesla. Um, I actually happen to know a few billionaires myself, and they actually know the guy who started Tesla. Uh, And uh, this guy didn't start Tesla. So I can't give him credit for Tesla. I can give him credit for taking some money and making some money. But scared money don't make money. But he has absolutely fucked this Twitter thing because now I get a guy with 32 followers who has a black, a blue check mark who's verified on all accounts. And I look at it, I'm like, okay, he's a verified guy. Oh no, this isn't Tom Cruise with 32 followers. How the fuck have you allowed the same blue checkmark to be purchased by these fucking nobodies and then allow them to use a celebrity's name or a fucking public figure's name so they can just absolutely troll you? Like, who the fuck thought that was a good idea? And that is what I'm seeing every day. And I'm getting it in my fucking DM like, oh, Tom Cruise hit me up. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise who is from Iowa with 32 followers who's a 600-pound life fuck. Uh, Dog, I'm so over this fucking Twitter shit. Everybody now is verified, and they have no following. They're a bunch of fucking clout-chasing bottom feeder follower fucks. And guess what? They can say whatever the fuck they want, and nobody's going to cancel them. They can talk about why their DraftKings money's fucked because of the cancellation of the game. But nobody's canceling enough them. I said it on Jason Whitlock yesterday. Why is nobody canceling these fucks that are coming out talking about the just blatantly slapping everything in the face about the kid that's gotten injured, uh, Hamlin? They're talking about their betting parlays over the kid's injury. But nobody's canceling them. But then Skip Bayless comes out, and then Bart Scott now yesterday says it was T. Higgins' fault. Well, I never heard him say it was T. Higgins' fault. Again, silence can never be misquoted. I can't wait to break this down, dog. It's it's fucking unbelievable. Um, it's unbelievable. Move. It's unbelievable. Um. Oh man, Bart Scott. See, ESPN, dog, only says what is safe. They never say anything real. They never say anything honest or truthful for that matter. It's always someone on there who will only say what is the happy-go-lucky thing of the day to say. After all, they are owned by Disney, so we kind of know what we know. They're quite interesting to say the least. Bart Scott is now trending. Um, he is now trending to be canceled. If you go on Twitter, Bart Scott's on the front page on trending, and now they want him canceled or fired. And I'm just like, these are all bottom feeders who bought check marks for $8 who want guys canceled. He says T Higgins leaned into Hamlin. That's what I saw. I watched the video 20 times and I'm like, what am I missing here? I'm trying to find out why. People are saying he said T. Higgins is at fault. How can you spin what Bart Scott said live to him saying T. Higgins is at fault? I never heard Bart Scott come out and say, you know what, dog? T. Higgins dropped his shoulder. Bam. He is completely at fault for this. He should be fucking canceled. I did not hear Bart Scott say that. At all. At all. I did not see him say that at all. So I'm confused as to why people are putting words in his mouth. And I know how that is. So unless I'm missing a segment somewhere, Bart Scott literally just talked about the fact of how T. Higgins leaned into him in a football manner play and how the NFL will start looking at these type of things because of what happened. I did not see Bart Scott come out and say, T. Higgins is completely at fault. He dropped his shoulder. He knew exactly how to fucking injure someone. (laughs) You motherfuckers act like that's what he said. No, he did not say that. I don't see it that way at all. I think we are so fucking quick to hear one word, which I call a trigger word. We now have trigger words for our clout-chasing Twitter fans who say, oh, shit, Bart just said T. Higgins' name. Let's go post it. Let's go post it. <laughs> he, had to, he had to say it's T. Higgins' fault. He said T. Higgins' name. Well, guess what? T. Higgins is the counterpart to the injury. He's the other part of this thing. So guess what? He must be saying T. Higgins is at fault. No. See, you don't listen. You just fucking hear. And then that thing spirals out of control by all these fucks out here. And then it now it's become cancel Bart Scott. Dog, I don't know how you operate. I, I don't know how cats operate now. Um, I don't know. What do I know, um, MPC? But I can swear that I have a receipt for being on this show not too long ago. And I said, if I controlled Twitter, what would I do? And I have a pretty thousand percent chance, I guarantee you, I came out and said, give everybody a blue check mark. I said it. But how did I say it? I did not say it in the manner that Elon Musk has done it. I came out and said, give everyone a blue check mark by verifying who they really are, by putting them through a real process. Then I said change the celebrities and everybody's status and give their ass a red check mark and or something different, right? But no, this motherfucker kept everyone the same. And now you don't know who's who on Twitter. And it is an absolute fucking mockery because he needed to make his money that he lost back and charging dudes eight dollars. And you know damn well everybody in America who's a fucking bottom feeding dick rider will pay eight dollars. Because they want to be famous. These motherfuckers want to be famous. They are so thirsty for attention, they gotta be famous. They they need the check mark to stay relevant and they think they are an equal. Pat Perez tells me, I just talked to him yesterday. Pat tells me this, we talk about this all the time. He made some great points. Everybody thinks they are equals because social media allowed Judith to interact with celebrities. They've allowed the normal fucking regular bottom feeding Walmart fucking no shoe wearing fuck to interact and uh, they are allowed. They may never get a message back, but they sure can DM LeBron James. They sure can DM Shaq Barkley. They can sure DM Drake. And guess what happens? Then Drake responds to a female, and then guess what? He flies you out, and then guess what? You fuck Drake, and then you make a video about it. There's a million of these videos on TikTok about a girl who got flown out by Drake, and he fucked me, and then I he sent me on my way because I videoed him. I just saw a video of this. Social media has allowed you to now interact and being and fucking be a part of celebrities. Lives. So, guess what? When Elon Musk made the $8 holler, how many motherfucking millions of people do you think bought it? I guarantee you. It was a rich quick scheme that allowed Elon to back out of Twitter and hire a CEO because he knows how bad he fucked this up and how bad he does not want. He's not trending so much no more. Have you noticed? He was on everybody's fucking ta- page. As a fucking... Just every time I moved on to Twitter, he's on there. Boom. I'm just like, God damn. Are you kidding me? Everything is Elon Musk? Now he's gone. He's kind of disappeared. I don't see him no more like I was seeing him when he took over Twitter. It's unbelievable. And all you motherfuckers bought the fucking shit. You guys bought it. You got fucking okey-doked. Skip Bayless. I was on Whitlock yesterday. Skip Bayless... Um, thing i believe is completely overblown i just don't think people really want to say it um and shows how soft we are as a society and how social media actually runs our brains it actually runs our fucking brains um and it's unfortunate that social media does run our brains um i'm trying to find this cat damn it um well nobody cares uh let me get back to this chat here for a second um uh, well of course jake said he's that so who do you believe jamel drake or the female with the pussy that's undefeated i'm confused who you think who you think uh who you believe, uh, Jamil? I know for a fact, Jamil, that Drake fucks with these broads. I'm just throwing that out there. But I was just saying, you believe Drake? Of course you do, homie. <laughs>
0: of course you do. Got um, a.
2: Let me see here.
1: Hey, there's a guy who just... I'm trying to find this guy's name, man. Um, God damn it. Who's the guy that just died? Um, I think he's one of those, like... Fucking... He started, like... He created, like, the... What is it? The fucking... um, not Nat, not one of those, like, buggy races or whatever. I forgot his name. Fuck, he just died, though. He just died the other day. Um, God damn it. What's his name? The monster car guy or whatever? Ken Block, right? Ken Block. Ken Block died, what, two days ago on the 2nd, the same day that... um. Ken Block died the same day that the Hamlin incident has occurred. Okay. Um, Ken Block, of course, isn't known. uh, He's not Tiger Woods or, you know, fucking Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. But he's this little old white guy that's fucking some type of snowbill died in in a snow skiing accident or some shit like that from what I hear. I'm just confused, though. Um, Have you heard Ken Block's name on ESPN once? Have you seen a ticker on the bottom that said Ken Block has died? Or has it completely been all Hamlin, Hamlin, Hamlin? I haven't seen one thing about Ken Block. I haven't seen one thing about him. And I'm just confused as to why, see how the narrative gets pushed? I've seen this Ken Block shit being thrown out there by his buddies and how great of a man he was and how much of a fucking humanitarian he was and how much he gave back. No one knows. I didn't know who Ken Block was. I have no fucking idea. I had no idea. I'm just confused as to why we pick and choose the narrative to blow up. So we can get all this hype and clout chasing fucking Twitter fake fucks to buy in on Twitter. And then we can now chase the dream of canceling someone like Bart Scott and Skip Bayless. But I haven't seen anybody talk about Ken Block. Why hasn't anybody talked about Ken Block? I'm just confused. Ken Block has yet to be talked about on ESPN. All we talk about is the hamlin thing which to me is is even sadder like dog this guy actually has passed away he's actually gone off this earth hamlin is struggling for his life fighting for his life according to his uncle recent uh interview he is still fighting for his life apparently he's getting his own oxygen now He doesn't need 100% oxygen help, so he's getting his own oxygen now. I don't know what that means. We haven't had an update. I know there's updates out there, but they will not share them, Uh, ironic as that. They won't share the updates, but they keep pushing the narrative of him, and they haven't mentioned Ken Block, who actually has died, who's apparently an innovator in his own right of what he, I guess, created and started. So – Kind of confused. Hammond stopped breathing on national primetime TV, guy. No shit, Sherlock's homeboy. Thanks for letting us know that. Ken Block just died, guy. Nobody's talked about it, you fucking idiot. God damn. So you rather talk about a guy who's still alive... So we can push a narrative and try to cancel folks over a guy who's already actually died because you saw it on TV. See, it'd be crazy if you saw the snowmobile accident on TV, right? And you saw this dude die, right? He created DC Shoes. Yeah, that's what I thought he was. So he created a shoe company. That's what I thought. Um, Yeah. It's unbelievable. See, you soft fucks, dog. You only know what you see, and, and and you think everything you see is real. You think every single thing you see or hear is actual how it went down. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not how it went down. That's not exactly how it went down. See, that's what you guys don't understand. It's like you fucking think it's the only way. No, it's not. Apparently Bart Scott said that he used this is what he said. He said, "As soon as he said T Higgins, dog, they took it and ran with it, Steve." He basically said T Higgins leaned into Hamlin. And some people took that shit and ran with it. And now they say that Bart Scott is blaming T Higgins. All he said was T Higgins made a football move, dropped his shoulder and head where this Hamlin kid ran into. And I've seen so much fucking Bart Scott blaming T. Higgins hate on the internet. And I'm just sitting there like, so I go back to Steve and I watched the clip 20 times. I'm like, what am I missing? I don't see Bart Scott one time say T. Higgins is at fault. But we take it and spin that shit, dog, and put it on social media so fucking quick. That's why you got to stay silent because you can never be misquoted if you stay fucking silent. But, you know, me, I'm never going to stay quiet. It's ironic because I say that right there. Steve Mack knows better than anything. That quote for me doesn't work. But I'm just telling you, I was on Whitlock yesterday and I said, skip things overblown. bart it's got things overblown. We are soft in society and social media runs your little brains because you paid $8 for a check mark, and you think you're relevant now. Plus, how he apologized was an absolute fucking joke and staged, completely staged apology. And Shannon Sharp don't even show up. Just don't say sorry, dog. You already know my rule on that shit. You just just don't fucking say sorry. Just don't say sorry. <laughs> I'm just confused. Uh see, I actually like Bart Scott. I think he's the only real one on that panel, you know, that that actually will say some shit to Stephen A. Smith. Everybody else just sucks his dick. I think that he actually will say some shit to him. Um, Hamlin's still fighting, according to his uncle. Um, I got to ask a question, though, man. Before I'm going to get into the trivia question, I'm going to bring somebody on. Giannis dropped 55. I got to ask. Donovan Mitchell had 71, the most points since Kobe. Um, And then he was issued a PED test one day later. So yesterday they issued him a PED test. After he scored seventy-one points, like how fucking crazy is this? But dog, Don Doncic or Luca scored sixty-one, I believe. Giannis just dropped fifty-five. Um, why is individual scoring in the NBA at an all-time high? And why is scoring trends going up everywhere? K-State played Texas yesterday. They combined for a, net, a record two hundred and nineteen points. In a hoops game. Dog, you you guys don't really look at the big picture. You don't ever look at shit. And then you wonder why quarterback play in the NFL is so fucking shitty. Because you see all these great fucking sexy, fast, tempo, fucking big football plays in college football. And then you see in basketball, guys scoring 71. Dog, there's a bigger picture. They're fucking allowing it. You're not allowed to body check a motherfucker you're not allowed to hit the quarterback you're not allowed to clothesline a motherfucker no more every single time you bump a kid in the nba it's a fucking technical one you gotta review it like there's a reason why we're seeing all this college hoops nobody wants to play defense Everybody wants to play offense we're shooting threes at an all-time rate from deep because steph curry's got a fucking fucking magnetic ball i mean who the fuck knows right all I'm saying is, look at the bigger fucking picture and understand when you get to the professional level, you're not in shape like it. Dog, Zion is out for three weeks again because of a hamstring. I'm telling you right now, man, this shit is unfucking believable. I never remember back in the day a motherfucker missing three weeks for a hamstring. I do not remember. Charles Barkley being out for a hamstring for fucking three weeks back in the day. And he's a similar player to Zion. That's how I gauge him. He used to be a fucking explosive cat, come to the lane, bang on you with two hands. Zion's a very similar player as far as explosive, dominant around the rim. Three weeks? Like, Zion doesn't even run that fast to fucking blow out his hamstring every single season. You're either A out of shape like no other, B not fucking doing something correctly, either you're so dehydrated because of whatever the fuck you eat intake, weed, I don't know, is it weed? I don't know, but I can't say that no more they'll cancel JB. So, I'm confused. How many fucking times have I said we are fucking so under injury prone that it's unfucking believable? Like, how fucking injury-prone can you be every single day? Like, dog, I'm confused. I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure out. Um, Giannis is in his own category. Well, he still scored 55 points, bro. He still scored 55 points. What do you mean he's in his own category? They're all scoring. They're all scoring their points. I'm just telling you. Uh, I just said individually, they're all scoring major points. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. He's overweight. He's out of shape. He's yeah. Uh, no, there's no there's no more old school cats like like Bird playing with broken jaws. Dog. Uh, Bills. Bengals won't resume. Um, and then I was a uh, basketball player. If you guys follow college hoops, Iowa. Uh, McCaffrey, the kid, the coach's son or McCaffrey's brother takes a leave of uh, absence to address anxiety and mental health Oh, fuck, man Your daddy's a former NFL wide receiver Ed McCaffrey Your brother plays for the 49ers I guarantee you you're not waiting on your scholarship check or NIL money to go buy Taco Bell like a lot of us were in college I guarantee you don't have fucking soup and and cup of noodles at the house every night and and hoping you know fucking frying an egg and throwing it in your cup of noodles hopefully that that was the steak and eggs for us in college I'm pretty sure you're probably eating steak and lobster And you got to take a leave of absence to address anxiety. Well, fuck me running. I wish I could take a leave of fucking absence every fucking time in college that I was struggling, which was every single day, by the way, looking for my next fucking Taco Bell money. But you have anxiety and need to take a leave. Let me take a leave. How how fortunate are you? to be able to take a leave of absence because your mental health. you got to be fucking shitting me. I wish I could take a leave of absence every time my mental health fucking failed me, Lucy. I wish I could have fucking had the luxury of stepping away from an opportunity to make money so I can go away and make fucking and do whatever. Where's he at now? In fucking Boulder on a on a in a million dollar home overlooking the fucking Aspen Mountains. Like get the fuck out of here, man. I'm so fuck. How is that news on the front page of ESPN? But not the Ben Block cat dying. Come on, man. It's fucking unbelievable. It's fucking unbelievable to me. Um, I got to break down this. I got some insight, man. I got to speak to an NFL ref. I got a a couple of other insights. A buddy of mine um, who sends me the great NFL film that we get um, sent me an article. And I want to go through this article with you guys this morning because I think it's huge. It is a critical thing to go over. Um, maybe uncomfortable, but it's the truth and this is what's happening right now. The NFL has canceled the Bengals Bills football game. I just want to bring up I already brought up the Ken Block thing, but I want to bring up some other shit and I'm going to paraphrase and go through this thing my own way. Of course, you know how I add ad-lib, but I want to give you guys some insight as to what's going on and what you can expect this weekend in the NFL. I want you to understand what's happening here, if these games are canceled or if they're not. Some of you guys that bet football games, this may be good for you guys. I'm going to go through a couple rules. I'm going to share a tweet from one of the main refs that know the rules and understand some things. I'm going to show you guys this. So I got all this information. I've been doing this information. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? As as unimaginable as it can seem, uh, but it's always really possible, situations like this have uh, confronted the NFL before. And this is not brand new, okay? But for the first time, uh, you know, when this Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, experienced a medical emergency and he collapsed uh, in the first quarter of that game, the game was suspended in the first quarter, as we know. It was not resumed, as we know. And obviously, all the concern is on Hamlin's health and well-being, and for his family, his teammates, and even his opponents. Aaron Rodgers has came out since, um, you know, you've gotten Tom Brady. You got all these NFL. Mike Tomlin, who's a Pittsburgher, came out and said, you know, he's known the kid since he was twelve years old, and even in other people in the league who all call each other brothers because this is a fraternity of tightly, it's tightly knitted. They all witnessed this this horrific incident, right? As uncomfortable as it is, there are next steps, and there are many questions on how the league proceeds. And it's people walking on fucking eggshells trying to explain this and ask a simple question. What's next? If you ask that, you're insensitive, i.e. Skip Bayless. If you ask a simple question, you are insensitive, And you have the opportunity to be canceled because you can no longer have a freedom of speech on Twitter. I I just find it so crazy that you can't speak your mind anymore. There is a complete blatant manner in which you are disrespectful or not disrespectful. There are very educated questions that people can ask Whether you don't like it or not, it wasn't a disrespectful manner in the way that Skip Bayless asked the question, in my opinion. I think at the very end, people think it was insensitive about him asking the question that he asked. That this game was very important. It had a critical mass on the NFL. And what was next? Although we know this kid's health is number one. That's how I took it. A lot of people take it as an insensitive because he's asking a simple question. I'm asking a simple question today, and I don't give a fuck if you think I'm insensitive. As uncomfortable as you may get, there are steps that are many that have many questions still out there. How does the NFL proceed? The league's policy manuals and governing documents give the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, the ultimate authority to determine what happens in this game. All right. That's number one rule you need to know. Pete Rozelle, who's probably the founding father of the NFL commissioners, he grew up with my father. I got many pictures together. He's from Compton, by the way. He went to Compton College and high school with my dad. They were really good friends. They used to drive Corvettes to Vegas and Chase Pussy all the time, just FYI. He is who the NFL is. He is what the NFL He was the greatest commissioner of all time, just so we're clear. He's from Compton. Um, he put in a lot of rules for this type of thing. So, just so you understand and you're clear um despite all the contingencies that were documented in advance roger goodell is the is in a is in uncharted territory according to this research no nfl game has been suspended and resumed at a later date fyi i'm just throwing this out there for all you guys that want to bet or looking forward to this weekend's games especially looking at the bills or the Bengals. Preseason games have been terminated early or canceled outright, and regular season games through the years have been rescheduled prior to kickoff. The league's game day operation manual states, I'm going to read you verbatim, all right, what's going on? I'm going to read it verbatim here. Games should be suspended, canceled, postponed, or terminated when circumstances exist such that commencement or continuation of play would pose a threat to the safety of participants or spectators or would unduly affect the ability of a community to deal with the effects of a local catas- catastrophe or similar disruptive event in determining whether a game should be rescheduled or relocated public safety community relations and competitive integrity should be key determining factors authority to cancel, postpone, or terminate games is vestly solely on the commissioner. If possible, the commissioner's office representatives should consult with authorized representatives of the two participating clubs before any decision involving cancellation, postponement, or termination is made by the commissioner. So that's what happened the other night. You guys got to see the two teams uh, going back and forth. You got to see the two teams' head coaches talking you got to see all this back and forth okay so i want to share this tweet with you this is what's going on by the football zebras this is a uh, nfl referee association rule 17 is the catch all review of handling extraordinary situations the game will not be determined terminated because there are competitive aspects the game will be resumed and the commissioner will make a determination with football operations and teams how this will take shape, how that will take shape. Um, All that, those articles below that you probably can't read are all vital information as well. So here's the deal. The policies do outline a few things the commissioner cannot do. All right, I can't wait. Chase Sr. is going to join us. Steve Kim's going to join us. We're going to talk about some of this. He cannot unilaterally declare a forfeit, by the way. I'm giving you all this real shit now because I just got all this information that's not out there. He cannot unilaterally declare a forfeit, and he is essentially, he essentially lacks any authority to do so except in a vital, very limited circumstance of a team refusing to take the field. So if they blatantly said we're not going to play, this game in particular cannot be terminated early. In other words, declaring a 7-3 Bengals win just because the games may only be terminated if it is reasonable to project that its resumption, A, would not change its ultimate result, or B, would not adversely affect any other inter-team competitive issue. The playoff seedings are definitely affected by the outcome of this game, by the way. Similarly, the commissioner cannot outright cancel this game either or nullify everything from the game. And half it contested, except as a last resort. So, where we are is this playoffs are very implicated in this deal. But that's a question that you cannot answer because people are so scared to bring this shit up I'm talking about because you'll be canceled. Well, you know me, I I don't give a fuck. So, listen, he can't outright cancel the game, nullify the game, but he can make a judgment on this seven to three game. Is it going to be a tie? Are they going to declare it a tie? There is no provision for the commissioner to do that. And the half win in the standings also presents the inner team competitive issue in the standings. So the league would try to avoid this, apparently. Essentially, all of the guidance forges a clear path to completing this game as soon as possible, which would be the clearest way to do it. But Listen. The Bills buses departed Cincinnati early Tuesday morning local time. So a Tuesday night game would have been the least disruptive. But it is out of the question now, obviously, as we're rolling into Wednesday morning. The policy manual states that the four regular season postponements, the commissioner will make every effort to set the game for no later than two days after its originally scheduled date. And at the same site, by the way, so to limit travel. This provision was adhered to as close as possible during the 2020 and 21 season due to the COVID outbreaks. But there were several concessions that had to be made. Not a single game was lost in either season. So timeout, dog. Now you saw my long rant, Branter, here, and you want to see where I ended up. We never canceled a game due to a national global pandemic epidemic. We never canceled one fucking game. We played every single game. Every single game during a global pandemic. Right after Kobe Bryant died, global pandemic hits. What a year, right? We've canceled this game. Due to a freak incident that occurred, and people don't want to bring up money. People don't want to bring up the fact that it's money involved. In the end, the game was suspended because the shock and the intense humanity of the situation was overwhelming. Period. I don't know if that's more overwhelming than an outbreak that we were unsure of at the time that when COVID hit, we didn't know if it was really affecting us. Is it going to come after us? Are all all of us dying? We didn't know. That's pretty unsuring to me. But the humanity part of this took over a 24-year-old kid. So the outright call to make for Monday night was despite Hamlin's path to recovery, the reality of that the game has to be played no matter what. The Bengal fans, the Bengals fans are aware of this, by the way, because I don't know if you know this. Um, does anybody out there know this? Um, it's different when someone stops breathing on a national televised game that millions are watching, Trav B says. Let me ask you this, Trav B. Do you remember a Bengal who passed away about 14 years ago? Do you remember that guy named Chris Henry? I do. I know Chris Henry. Well, I knew Chris Henry. Um, Chris Henry died for the Bengals. And two days later, they took the field and played the game, motherfucker. So now, since you know so motherfucking much, how about you now shed the light on that one? So it's okay to play after Chris Henry dies. But now we saw it on national TV and now we're fucking up in arms and we can't finish the game. See, you you motherfuckers are are, are so fucking hypocritical and so soft that you can do one thing when it doesn't affect you because you didn't see it, but you can't do the other because you saw it and get the fuck out of here. That's a whole nother ball game. Jerry Adams. I'm not going to even, I'm not going to even get into that. I'm not going to get into the, the the fundraising that's going on for his charity. I'm not going to get into that right now because it's too early for that. I just want to make sure that you, I want to make sure, you know, I am monitoring that situation just because this kid's family better get every dime of that shit, but we'll find out. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin and also the Bills and Bengals organizations and the NFL Players Association. Okay. After speaking with both teams, the NFL Players Association leadership, I know Goodell and and Troy Vincent came out uh informed the clubs today that the or yesterday that the Bills Bengals game will not be resumed this week. The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of this game at a later date. So that's why I'm reading you all this because I'm asking the questions on when the, this game's being played based on what's happening later on in life cuz from what I know there's no the NFL is going to continue to play. Football is going to be continue to play, be played across America, across the world. The league has not made any changes to the week 18 regular season schedule, however. We will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. Okay. Here's a remedy. I want to give you all you guys that are betters or anyone that wants to know anything. I'm probably the only person that is not scared to talk about this and bring it up. One possible possible remedy is to push the playoffs back one week and removing the week off prior to the Super Bowl so that the Bills and the Bengals would play a week 19 game. While that seems easy, it creates a big potential network conflict by moving the playoff games that air in primetime slots that nobody wants to talk about. So, The extra week was a possibility during the 20 season, but the league did several schedule moves to avoid that. How fucking ironic. We want that money. We want that money, right? So when the playoffs are scheduled, the league will not place a team in a game with less than six days rest. Take sure you're listening to all this now. You're not just fucking hearing me. When introducing the Monday night wild card game in 2021, That meant that a team could not play that game and then be scheduled for a Saturday divisional playoff game the next week. There could be some quick changes to the Ravens, Bengals, and Patriots-Bills games to move them up to Friday, resuming the suspended game on Tuesday and scheduling one or two wildcard games as needed, depending if the Bills clinched the one seed on Monday. Do you know how much math and science has to go into what I'm talking about to figure out this scenario. So. Let me break this down Steve Mack. Listen to this shit. If the game is cancelled scenario. I'm going to give you this cancelled scenario. While there are very few options. To schedule a, resume, a resumption of the game. Not scheduling a resumption of the game. Seems to be very unlikely. But there is one scenario. In which the game may be cancelled. In the Tuesday afternoon statement, the league referenced a possible resumption, which indicates that a cancellation is still under consideration by saying possible resumption. That means there's a possible cancellation, too, right? And any possible resumption would be after week 18 games are completed. So this weekend's games are going to be played and the Bills are playing this weekend. If the Chiefs, Patriots, and Bengals all win their Week 18 games, then the suspended game would only determine the number two and number three seeds. That makes it possible to consider abandoning the suspended game and the Bengals get the number two seed based on the fourth fucking tiebreaker. Strength of victory, by the way, is the tiebreaker. Currently, the Bengals have an insurmountable lead for that tiebreaker. So understand that, betters. for purposes of wildcard games, it could mean that that both teams rematch their division foes or not, although there is no provision for it. It is possible that the commissioner could propose that as a concession for abandoning the game. The Bills would hold home-field advantage over the Bengals if the two teams meet in the divisional playoff or the conference championship, or that such a matchup is in a neutral site game with several non-playoff venues between both cities. There is a precedent for making the playoff structural change, and that leads me to my trivia question. All right, Sean Waffle probably knows because he's old school if uh anybody wants to call in i'm gonna drop the link call in i'm gonna do a trivia question right now live and if you get it right you're gonna get a new you're gonna get a new hoodie um the chat is in the chat i dropped the link call in i'm gonna ask you a trivia question whoever gets it first uh gets the hoodie um i gotta be i gotta be honest um It has to do with the NFL and this unprecedented situation, all right? Has to be under the new – this is a – this happened before, by the way. Um, The the NFL playoffs have been reworked before, all right? It has been reworked before. So – just, just same. This ain't the first time ever. This, this ain't the first time ever. Um, yeah, Joey B, that 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 coffee tumbler is nice. Um, if you guys
0: want to call in, hit the link, chat, call in, and uh, check it out. Um, Chris Henry
1: is a false equivalence. If one of your coworkers died outside of your job, they would run to the business as usual. If someone had a freak accident injury on the job, if it would be, cl- it would close. No, it wouldn't. Shut up. So Amazon's going to close down. Amazon's going to close down. See, this is the problem with you fucks. Let me ask you this. Are you not going into work because of what happened? Are you not going into work? Are you not going back to Walmart? sean waffle you ready for this are you probably gonna get it right i Uh, don't know what is it man you're old school you might get it right so this has happened before uh pete rosell reworked the playoffs in what season that was shortened by a strike 87 no
0: what there was a strike in 87
1: 82 82 was the first year that he did it. he reworked the playoffs because of the season strike in 82 yeah, there might have been one in 87, but 82 was the first one um, that he the the uh, playoff schedule. Um, so I don't know. I'll do another trivia here in a minute. But, but look, I don't know, Sean, if you understand. There's policies and procedures indicate the game must be resumed. But uh, the, all this documentation that I got in this email – There is a common theme to avoid competitive inequities, I guess, is what they're saying. In the particular outcome of this situation, it is possible that Goodell decides that no scenario is devoid of competitive inequities and that wiping this game out is the lesser inequity. So I don't know what that means. All I know is the only way this seems to be viable path if the game that is suspended only affects the Bills and the Bengals. See, if it starts to affect the Chiefs, the Patriots, somebody else they're going to have to play the game
0: so let me ask you this so are is your, the criteria that you read off earlier is that going off of like the score that ended the game the other night or because you no. said something about the bills being the or the Bengals being the two seed but the bills were already the one seed so how does that affect the chiefs
1: yeah i don't know that's what that's what i think let me see i got some more of this here uh it says, if the game is not resumed, standings for the playoff seeds would be calculated on win percentage as usual. Any statistics that would affect a player's contracted performances, bonuses, or position in the statistical rankings would be prorated to 16 games. Which is obviously also what they can do if, they, uh, if this game's not played. They would go to the 16th game. And say this is what the standings are after that. See after that game. So listen, here's another thing. How does the NFL handle suspended games? Apparently, the NFL game has been suspended or resumed at a later date. Preseason, see, there's only been precedent on preseason games. They haven't really had this, had to deal with this before. So Chris Henry was the closest thing. He died, but they played two days later.
0: Um, I remember. Uh- do you, I, I, t- I messaged in the chat a little bit ago, uh, 2012, December 2012, Javante Belcher, that linebacker in Kansas City, yeah. had that uh, committed that murder-suicide, and he basically put a gun to his head right there in the uh, stadium parking lot, or not the stadium, but the football complex parking lot in uh, Romeo Cornell, and uh, I think it was Scott Pioli witnessed it right there, tried to talk him out of it, and he pulled the trigger. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that was that. horrible. And they Joey, played the game, the next, like Clark Hunt decided to play the game the next day. Yeah, yeah. Joe, and there was there was uproar about that around here.
1: Yeah, Javon Belcher, I remember that name. Uh, Joey B brought up something. So that according to this rule, if this game had entered the third quarter, Joey brought up the fourth quarter. But if it was the like Bengals were winning – 42 to 10 the game should have been it could have been called as a as a win because they played I guess you got to play a certain amount of time I know it was the first five minutes of the game so I don't know uh, seven to three I don't baseball the same way don't you have to play so many innings or something
0: seven innings
1: yeah so I mean I don't I don't know if that rule comes into effect or not um, but I don't know man I'm I'm uh, 1971 Chuck Hughes passed away. Nobody's really talking about that. They tried to resuscitate him on the field. He played for the Lions. He was a receiver. Uh, Hughes is the only player ever to die on the field. Uh, but there was only one minute remaining in the game when that happened. So they and then guess what? He died, and both teams quickly played out the remainder of the game, and it recorded by and it was recorded by the official scorekeeper. Can you I'm imagine? In playing nowadays after that happened, that's a no fucking way. Back in the day, though, they sure played. They fucking played the game, Sean, after the guy died.
0: Yeah, that's messed up in itself.
1: The how there's no fucking way. The, the world's changed so much. So, so, that has happened before. So, I don't know.
0: Um, I don't I know. Mean, what- the oh, world the world has changed a lot in the last 10 years, even since the Javante Belcher deal. So... Yeah. Man. So I got... So the Bills and the Bengals both have the... Or a like, lot... No, I shouldn't say the tiebreaker. The Bills they definitely have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs as far as home field goes. And then, then yeah, it went to like a second or third criteria, as far as tiebreakers go, the Bengals also have a tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So they beat them straight up. But that's why... Yeah, what you were reading out earlier, I, I'm i not sure how to even think.
1: Yeah, looking- I don't know, man. I just know this. Good- Goodell ultimately has the authority to determine what happens to the suspended game. So it's going to be in his hands. He is completely the uh, arbiter and the ruler and the judge and jury. He can make this decision by himself. Although he works for the owners, I'm sure he's talking to all the owners. So I'm confused. I don't know how it's going to work out. We're going to see. But – I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Uh, I just know there's more to it because I'm sure, you know, I know the kid is still look is trying to survive and trying to get through this. Uh, and apparently he's, he's reading, he's he's, uh, he's starting to breathe a little bit of his own oxygen now, but I just, I just don't know. I don't know what the scenario is going to be. But at the same time, how long are we going to, you know, are we going to push this out before we just say, okay, we got to move on. Life's, life's moved on. and It's been two days now, and there's been a lot of motherfuckers that have been killed, um, but we're not talking about that. And then we got this Ken Block guy who dies, and I haven't even heard shit about it.
0: Oh, I was going to tell you real quick that uh, that kid at Iowa, McCaffrey, that's a different family, just so you know. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's Fran McCaffrey, who's the head coach's son. That's his son.
1: Oh, why did somebody send me saying that it was Ed McCaffrey?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not the Ed McCaffrey family out in Denver at all no i don't i i don't think so
1: oh this guy's saying they're related um but it's not it's definitely
0: not a direct i don't think it's immediate family type thing
1: oh yeah so that was a bad that was on me um i'm curious I, even if they're related to me then uh i'm gonna stick by what i said if it's not then i gotta fucking uh issue a rebuttal hey uh hey i appreciate you calling man i'm gonna get <laughs> Uh, my boy's calling in in a minute, and I'm going to get on to that and uh, appreciate you. All
0: right, man. Talk to you soon.
1: Later. Um, Chase, uh, Steve Kim's going to be joining us here in about five minutes, and then Chase Sr. will be joining us after that. We're going to break down the Niners-Eagles. Uh, is Jalen Hurts really that important to this Eagles team, um, or is it Jalen Hurts' feet that is very important to this Eagles team? Can't wait to break that down with Chase. And then Steve Kim, we're going to get down and dirty, and we're going to break this down. Uh, We're going to break down this rule. We're going to break down this game, this incident, and what goes forward and how this thing is attacked from here on out, what we do. Um, I'll be back in two minutes. Let me get some coffee. Can't wait. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. Google that motherfucker if you don't know how. I'll be right back. Uh, my top 10 all right i'm gonna get into my top 10 matt asked yesterday about my top 10 and he spit his out real quick i'm gonna pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see you can all fucking go fucking chat 400 people are gonna talk shit i don't fucking care so here we go i'm gonna go tom brady here we go before i pull it up i know you guys saw everything i'm gonna use this criteria You've had for me. You've had to at least to be in my top five. Have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right, that is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. Tom Brady used to go as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right, we're not gonna get at that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so that's number one for me. Um. I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking – people do not fu- – you're 40 years old, Matt.
2: How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you realize like second, how good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, yeah. dog. Do you know how good Troy Aikman Troy fucking Aikman? Do you know how good he was?
1: Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Elway, I got at three. I got Montana at four. Manning at five. Rodgers at six. Favre at seven. Uh, both of those are very close skill set wise. Both have a Super Bowl. Been to two. Marino at eight. Or, sorry, he yeah, at eight. Bradshaw at nine because he won so much. He's not as talented as anyone else. And Steve Young at 10 because of just he was the first lefty to really dominate his position. Um, that's my top 10. I'll just let it keep ticking, dog. I'm going to mute my channel. Go ahead.
2: Uh, I don't have a problem with the rest of the top 10, but Troy Aikman, even being on the list, makes you're, me you're just... You're shitting me, right? You're telling me he's not fan. a top 10 quarterback. No, here's mine. Brady, Manning, Elway, Montana Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, oh, Steve, Steve Young, Mahomes and Jim Kelly See this is the problem I have with Troy this. fucking Aikman.
1: Oh dog, I it, Tr- Drew Brees couldn't hold Troy Aikman's fucking left
2: nutsack sack Get
3: the from fuck behind his out asshole. Here, dude. Behind Drew, Brees, Drew
2: Brees Drew Brees That's runs circles around Troy Aikman. Huh? huh? Drew Brees runs circles around Troy Aikman, bro. Oh my bro. God. Yes, bro. Bro, dog, dog. Danny this White could have won those Super Bowls with those This teams. is
1: how I break and, and people in the chat, Jim Kelly over Aikman? Really? Aikman beat
2: Jim Kelly twice in so, Super Bowls. You dumb fucking no no no, 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 no! Troy Aikman's team beat Jim Kelly. You so put Jim Aikman. Kelly on the you put Jim oh, Kelly on the Cowboys. They his the Team battles. beat fucking seven teams. Troy Aikman is maybe the most overrated quarterback ever. See, I I, I
1: almost think that I can say that about Tom Brady.
2: Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Oh, Tom How Brady's can you say Tom Brady's overrated?
1: Tom Brady played in the worst conference for 20 years of all time in the NFL history. Look, that's
2: true. He played in the worst division ever. I know. I played in it. But he's not and, overrated.
1: Let me, let, me, let me break this down, though. If you compare Troy Aikman and Tom Brady and they we go out here on the park and go fucking throw the football around the park. It ain't even fucking close. Well, no, one's
2: saying that, no one's saying that Troy Aikman couldn't throw the ball. He was extremely accurate and he did a great job running the system that he was asked to run. What, what but- did he do bad? All right, all right, all right.
1: We're back. Uh, Steve Kim will be joining me here in a minute. Um, if you didn't watch the latest episode, latest episode of uh, Last Chance Q. Um uh, Sean Salisbury and I had one last night. We broke down Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, and uh Brock Purdy. We got some great film. We got Daniel Jones, Steve Mack. I did get it in this morning uh from my main man Chad uh who sends me the great film um out in Minnesota. Um I got the film from Daniel Jones. I'll try to get that uploaded and put in for tonight's uh last chance Q segment. We're going to break down Daniel Jones. And get after Daniel Jones and the Giants, who I, you know, predicted um, would be in the playoffs. by the way. And I think I want to bet that they would win nine games. Um, How about that shit? But what do I know? Um, Let's see what I got going here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. One of my former players, uh, former NFL NFL Super Bowl champion, Akeem Ayers, um, is going to join me uh, this week or next. Um, Akeem used to sleep on my couch, won a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, went to UCLA, uh, was a stud, played for me. Uh, know his family well, great family, great kid from Watts. Yeah, inner city kid had a great career at ucla played in the nfl long about eight years uh moved around um but uh he's gonna try i'm gonna get him to join the show and uh can't wait for that one i haven't seen a in a while um yes sir hector that's all we're doing now so so Last night, we we broke down Jared Goff, who has a chance to beat Aaron Rodgers this weekend to get in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence, in the same scenario, has a chance to get in the playoffs. And then Brock Purdy's in the playoffs. So we broke those three down. Now we're going to go into Daniel Jones, who is in the playoffs. Um, We're going to break him down. We got some new film on some other folks that we're going to start breaking down that are in the playoffs as well. Jalen Hurts, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. We have film on those. So we'll be showing some of that um, as well. So we're going to start breaking down Mac Jones and uh, Mac Jones is tonight because he has an opportunity to still get in. And Daniel Jones is tonight. So the Jones is uh, is tonight. We're going to break those two down. We're going to also talk about Caleb Williams. And I believe he's the second coming to Kyler Murray. Uh I'm gonna see Sean Salisbury's uh, difference on that. So, what happened with Shannon Sharp and uh, and uh, Skip? I want to know. I didn't get to see what happened. Um, I want to know if I can if I can handle or if I could see it um, this morning. Was it on today? What what did Shannon what did Shannon say um as far as why he missed does anyone know Yeah, I don't know. I want to I I, I got to go watch it. Um So Shannon didn't show up today either?
2: Shit,
1: I think Shannon missed, so he could be the focus of the tweet. Dude, I don't know, if Steve Mack, I don't know if you watched uh, my Whitlock segment yesterday, but um, I don't know if you te- I don't know if you saw that, but you know, he uh, Whitlock thinks Shannon Sharp missed on purpose, so it would blow up. So that he so so Skip was by himself. Yeah.
2: Let me see. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Uh there's been a lot of speculation on why I wasn't on here yesterday, and I won't get into speculation or conjecture anyway, though, but I will say this watching that game on Monday night,
1: uh what happened to DeMar Hamlin struck them with different. and the Brotherhood have been NFL with injuries been a of the five. I'm watching it real quick. I wanna see.
0: <laughs>
1: uh oh man i don't know i don't know what to think um jerry adams i appreciate you um yeah, I got to go back and watch the Whitlock inter- interview. I don't ever go back and watch them. I'm trying to I get the clips. They send me them, though, and I'll post it on my show, on my channel. Um, so, yeah, this might be the the, the the second coming to Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman. I don't know what you think, but Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, uh, this may be done. I, I I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see. Here's a little bit of stats I got for you, though. Um, I want to I want to break this down. I talked about I talked about this. This COVID is back. Is it back or not? I don't know. All right. Um, it, it, here I want to give you something. One in five thousand young men have heart issues from the COVID vaccine. That is apparently a new stat. One in five thousand. All right. One in 5,000 young men have a heart issue from the COVID vaccine. Then we have um, this Komoda Cortis case. All right. Um, Steve Kim, what up? Morning. Morning. You, are, you in the, are, you in the, are you in the dungeon and the Goonies?
3: No, I'm just kind of in my den and the sun isn't out yet. So and the lighting's not the greatest. But. Hey, there ain't
1: no sun, man. It's fucking shitty out here. It's
3: been raining for two days. Is it raining in LA? It it rained a little bit. It's sprinkling a little bit. It's gonna be a gray day, gray cloudy day. It actually kind of feels like our version of winter. Still rather be here than Green Bay or Chicago.
1: Here, I got some stat I got some stat dat for you. Yeah. Uh, one in 5,000 young men have a heart issue from the COVID vaccine. Mm. Um, and here's the yearly Camosa cordis case. 15, rarely over the age of 20, 1,598 athlete cardiac arrests since January 21. 70% of those have been fatal. Mm. Average athlete cardiac before the vaccine used to be 29 years old science now ignores this and people ask questions we cancel them steve we can't ask questions anymore or you're canceled whitlock brought that up probably to you yesterday myself uh skip bayless thing is going out out there now they're trying to cancel bart scott for saying the word t higgins i mean he used his name I, i you sent me that thing and i went back and watched it a few times what do you take from the bart scott thing on espn i went back and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm missing a segment, but I went back and watched it over and over. And I'm like, he said T Higgins. And it seems like as soon as he said T Higgins, people wrote their own outcome and went out and posted it. I never seen that. He said T Higgins dropped his head and he is solely responsible for injuring this dude. I never saw that. All I saw was he made a football play. And I think that commissioner is going to start looking into plays like this for the future because of what happened.
3: Am I wrong? Yeah, I, look, Bart is not is one of the very few personalities on ESPN, I believe, that does not belong to the go-along-to-get-along gang. He has yeah, a mind you, of his own. You about
1: out of Stephen A. That's why I like
3: him. Right. He's a bit of a renegade. And now they start crafting this narrative. And look, no matter whether you agree or disagree with Bart Scott, here's the underlying point. Let him have his opinion. Uh-huh. regardless if you agree or disagree with it. But I, I do think his words were taken out of context and misconstrued. But again, we should be allowed to disagree. Now, to your point about what's going on, um, I hesitate till we get all the facts and the information about Hamlin and whether he was vaxxed and did that have anything to do with it, because that has crossed a lot of people's minds. That could be a factor. But first, I think we have to get his medical history. But again, there are HIPAA violations or regulations that may prevent that and we may never get the full truth of what was in his body did he comply with the vaccine like many other players had to um so i just kind of i i didn't really say it on the whitlock show i didn't because i didn't want to say anything that was out of pocket or would be considered just incorrect or misinformation but yes coach i would like to know what was his vaccine status and let's do a full battery of tests and I don't think we'll ever get it, but let's get the real information of as to how and why Damar Hamlin is in the situation he's in. Hey, my, I talked to my mom. She's a
1: doctor. She's been doing this a long time. She said that it's a she, what she saw on the. She watched the game, and after she watched it, she's been in this situation before. She said that it is a. She she said that it is. The symptoms, at least, are 100% accurate of what's called SADS. So I don't know if you know um, what SADS is. Um, have you? Do you know what that means? No, what is that? Explain that to me. It's sudden um, arrhythmic death syndrome. So what happens is my mom explained it in a way that oxygen comes up and down through our aorta valve, that it goes to our brain one way, it's, it pumps blood to the body the other way. And it happens to us right now. Right now, we're having an oxygen bubble go through our aorta valve, and 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 if it's a one in a billion chance, if I hit your chest at the right time where that bubble is right here, you are going to have a sh- uh, you're going. Now, the chance of me hitting you at the exact moment that that air is going up there is mm. one in a billion. Well, there's been like fifty thousand cases documented on this since science started i mean how how rare is this to where he got caught at the right time that an air bubble was traveling up his deal so mm. i'm just i want to know if, if that really is sads and he was revived from it um uh, you know she just said it looks like that's what happened because what happens is the, the oxygen and the blood flow is still in your body, but when that shut down, it takes five or six seconds. That's why you saw him stand up like no problem, and then when he shut down, he fell and was out, and she said that's just what SADS looks like, and so I looked it up, and I was looking up what SADS is, and that's what it means, but, you know, does it have to do with the vaccine? I don't, you know. Right. It, it has to do with the vaccine if that's the case.
3: So. No, and that's why we have to be careful just to jump to uh, to a certain assumptions. But the last three years, there have been more and more cases of young athletes in their prime collapsing. And why? It's not something that is really we expect from regular competition. All, we're, all I'm saying is let's get the information and let's make sure what is being injected into our bodies is safe. I made the personal decision, Coach, I have not gotten the vaccine. I probably will not. Me too. I, just, just just, a personal choice. And look, and I've had to make the adjustments. Uh, up until last year, to go to certain fights, the regulations within the venue or the county or the state, sometimes to get into a fight as a credentialed member of the media, if you were not vaccinated and you could not show your status, You had to get a 24 to 48 hour test so and that cost you a little bit of money so you had to go to a place that's certified and they send you an email and this is what was funny though coach by the end of like uh the summer or the spring of 2022 even in those events where they said hey you got to show your uh testing result i go get my credential you know what they didn't even ask for the test I know they didn't even care, and I said, No, 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 I paid for this. You're gonna watch, you're gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch this, trust me, I got it. They didn't care, but uh, you know, uh, the, for a time I didn't travel because I didn't want to get the vaccine. So, so like, you, you, you have to adapt and adjust.
1: Let me ask you this: um, Ken Block, I don't know if you know who that is, he started at DC. Shoe company or whatever, and he died. Um, I have yet to see anything about it on ESPN. Uh, all I see is Hamlin, Hamlin, Hamlin. Ken Block died. Nobody's talked about it. He died the same day, actually.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: former Jaguar offensive lineman Uchi Nawari, he died at 38 years old. They found him in his wife's uh bedroom in uh, Lafayette, Indiana, just collapsed. Nobody knows anything on that. The coroner office told uh, the outlet. News agency that the autopsy results show no signs of foul play. That's all they'll say. But it says heart attack. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Uh, is this a thing that, I mean, is this something that every, everyone wants to bring it up? I was looking at your show with Whitlock and myself up last night. I, I saw a bunch of people tagging me on these comments. And I'm sitting there looking at the comments and every single person's comments on there was like, why hasn't Steve mentioned COVID? Why hasn't JB mentioned the shot? Why aren't we addressing the elephant in the room? And I'm just sitting there like, because
3: we don't fucking know. We don't know. And that, look, the, the, that, that lineman that you you referenced that passed away at the age of 38, he was a big vaxxer. He, I guess he had made comments or tweeted in the past that, uh, about people that he deemed anti-vax uh, should be dealt with certain ways. I, you know, again, I, I guess it's pretty much an assumption that he was vaccinated. Now, until we know the autopsy, and again, there are HIPAA regulations to all this. We don't know why he died, but do I have my suspicions? Yes. Now, in terms of why I didn't bring up the COVID and the shot and all that yesterday, because I don't know if Demar Hamlin was vaccinated or not. I I think to make that broad assumption, maybe you could, given the NFL stance with their players a couple of years ago. And we certainly saw the controversy with Aaron Rodgers, who said, hey, no, no, I'm immunized. Remember, he kind of tried to skirt around the issue, but he made a choice and he said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to get vaxxed, but you know what he did? He had to go through a different protocol, which I think called for him to be tested every day. and It was a bit of a hassle. Look, I've been in sporting events where you, where they had the thing called the bubble. When I was still at ESPN, this is in the summer of 2020, I was one of the very few media members to go to a series of fights that was staged by top rank at the MGM Grand, which they called the bubble, where there was no fans in, very few people were accredited. And you had to go through a process of testing. You couldn't go to a certain area. You had to be in your room most of the time. You could only walk to the venue and approve the pathways. And it was a hassle. And I guess that's what Aaron Rodgers decided to do all of last year. But again, until I know Hamlin's status, you know, it's one thing for fans to have their assumptions or their, I would say, doubts and spread them on media or social media. But when me and you are doing a show as a guest, it's a little bit different. We don't necessarily are not held to that same standard. We just can't spew everything and say, hey guys, you know what killed them? The vax. Right. No matter what my stance is on it, I don't quite want to go there till I get more evidence. So where do you stand with the Skip
1: Bayless thing? Is it overblown or do you agree with all the hate and cancellations?
3: I think his timing was a little bit insensitive, but can we be honest? I would say a large majority of us watching the game throughout the country and the people in the stadium were probably thinking after about 10 to 15 minutes. Hey, uh, what about the game? It's a natural reaction. Everybody
1: was asking that.
3: I mean, especially with the stakes, because you are now flipping the probability of which team is going to get the home field advantage, which is so key, given the history of the teams involved. Kansas City rarely loses home playoff games, okay? Buffalo, because of the weather, would have a huge advantage. If they got all their games in upper state, New York, and certainly the Bengals would want to play a home game or two before they had to venture out. So for anyone to say that it never came to their mind, I think is lying. And here's what I think happened to skip Bayless. He said the uncomfortable thing out loud and sooner than anyone else did at his stature. That's what happened. But the other part is skip for better or worse, is a very polarizing figure. Part of his popularity, if you want to call it that, is because you have two sets of feelings about Skip and no other. You either really like him or you hate him. And he said things in the past that have alienated himself from high-profile athletes. So once he said it, Coach, it became very easy to pile on him. And I did not agree with uh, Shannon Sharp basically boycotting his own show no if you feel a different way about it and you're on a debate show well represent the athlete side of it and debate the guy and do your damn job
1: uh, that's what i'm saying man and then today i guess they had a very un-un uh, comfortable looking setting i guess they were already at each other
3: yeah <laughs> now that looks like a marriage if that was a marriage uh not only would they be sleeping in separate beds at this point They're at the stage now where the husband is now staying at a Howard Johnson's for a few days. (laughs) And his father just drops in once in a
1: while. (laughs) Howard Johnson. Fuck. I haven't heard that hotel in a long time. (laughs) Hey, let me ask you this. Are they the second coming of the Stephen A. Max Kellerman split? Do you see it happening? Or is that a real, is that just a stage production?
3: No, I get the sense there is tension. And, um, Shannon Sharp now does his own successful podcast. I think the Shea Room or Shea Room, whatever it's called. He may just want to branch out on his own. And the difference is, let's let's look at the dynamic. I guess Stephen A. kind of undercut Max and said, okay, first take is my show. I'm going to take control of it. I want a different partner. Sharp and Bayless seems like, like I said, that divorced couple that has uh, irreconcilable differences and it seems to me at this point they're talking about who gets the house who gets the kids who gets the dogs and no matter even if you're doing a debate show that can get very contentious coach you got to have a certain chemistry with your partner and as much as you disagree with them you got to be able to like them and laugh and have fun at this because at the end of the day what are we really doing it's not face the nation we're talking sports it ain't that important and if there's this underlying tension every single day where you don't want to be around that guy, it's like that great band. Look, we had a great album or two. We did a good concert tour three. We've made our money, but I gotta get out of here. That's the truth. Things break up all the time in life. I got a I got a friend, man. He works for Warner
1: Brothers, one of my one of my best friends, grew up together. Uh he uh he knows you. He uh he said that he's he actually had a de- he you two got into it personally before not in a fight or nothing, but just a uh, debate. He's a boxing head, but he knows you through. Uh, he's like, man, Steve's a true boxing head legend, man. I go, how do you know Steve Kim? He's like, man,
3: my boy Damon Bingham. Damon Bingham, yes, he actually we actually started a website called UCN Live back in 2014. Now, Damon's father is very famous. For being one of the very very best and true friends of Muhammad Ali and he was his uh personal photographer really? the roles of film that Mr. Bingham must have on the greatest are probably worth millions of dollars and they like Muhammad Ali had a lot of people that called him his friends but he had a very small what I would call true inner circle and Mr. Bingham was in there yeah me and Damon were close and unfortunately he passed away suddenly about six, seven years ago, but he brought me in along with a gentleman by the name of Artie Haran, and we ran UCN Live, had a good time there. and That that was my last destination as an independent, quote, independent journalist before I was hired by ESPN. What about Doug Fisher? Ah, Doug Fisher. Spoke to him last night. Doug is a very important guy in my life. He is, he was, we had, when I first got into the boxing media game. Who is he? Who is he? Doug Fisher is the editor right now of Ring Magazine, but he was also one of the pioneers of the internet boxing media. He started alongside Gary Randall, a website by the name of Max Boxing, which I was at for almost a decade or so, more than a decade. And I remember one day I'm at the gym. I'm at L.A. Boxing Club in the late 90s. Um, I never met Doug. and I never really met Gary Randall. And they had this thing and it looked like it was called a laptop and i said what is that that's a computer you could take on the road I said, that's interesting i don't think that would go anywhere and then they said yeah i said what do you guys do and they would go to different press conferences and they would show people their website on this thing called the internet as al gore invented it and so i'm kind of looking at it go wait a minute, what's that it's like like a newspaper on a computer or something or a magazine They're like yeah and i'm like oh, okay i don't think that's gonna go anywhere that's right so anyway Uh I I kind of ended up joining with them because they wanted someone to cover the sport. And they said, do you want to write a little bit? That's kind of what I wanted to do. And so Max Boxing was developed right around 1997 or 98. I joined them as a full partner uh, at the end of 1999. In fact, the website that was developed by Doug and Randall was first called House of Boxing which was then bought up by this conglomerate. They kind of ran that into the ground. And then it was me, it was Doug Fisher, Gary Randall, then a later Thomas Gervaisi, who does really good work for the UFC and myself. We started Max Boxing. And Coach, we were among the first media from the internet that would be credential to the big fights. So I will give us some credit. We were pioneers in that field. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. My buddy's a big boxing. Guy. He knows all that. He probably he might come Sunday. Uh, if you okay. come check out my new, uh, cigar lounge, it's, it's unbelievable, man. Like I brought up a guy over last night just to show him. He was like, you shitting me. This is a I oh, I
3: can't wait. I'll be camping out at 6am like those Duke fans before a big basketball game. Sheshevskyville. <laughs> have a tent out there. I'm going to hey. knock on your door right at nine 59. Hey, <laughs> now we got all the game. I can have three games on in there. We got fucking nine TVs
1: now. So it's going to be like a fucking bar. Um, Hey, so let me ask you this. Why has the media been silenced on this Dana White deal?
3: That's a very good question. I think the MMA media does not want to lose their access. It's, the like thing it's is, crazy
1: how we pick and choose the narratives, isn't it?
3: Right. And, you know, the, I think Dana White made a mistake. He did not understand. A man of his status and power, I would never go to a club. I would barely be out in public. That's what I don't get. I mean, you're already in a fishbowl and now you're putting yourself in a fishbowl. Power must be protected, but power must be private. People do not know, because people always say, Steve, do you want to be rich or famous or both? No, no, no. Just give me the rich part. Don't need to be famous. I enjoy the fact I can go to a restaurant and no one cares. No one cares who I am. And it's great. I I don't know who said it, but it was once said, being famous is fun for about a a half an hour. After a while, it would get old. I, you know, I do a show with Mario Lopez. I'm good friends with him. You got, a, you certainly got a lot of notoriety from the Netflix show. When I'm out with Mario, and we're at a really public place, I don't know how he does it. You always have to be nice to every single person. You have to take a million pictures, a million selfies, sign autographs, and and he has to put on, a, he has to be happy about it. And look, he's human. He's allowed to have a bad day, and he rarely does, if <laughs> ever. And a guy like Dana White. He has to understand, even in a most casual setting, he is going to be filmed. He's going to be taped. His eyes are going to be on him. Now, there's no excuse for what he did. But you know what? At your age, Dana, my advice, go home and celebrate the New Year. You've done it. Honestly, what are you doing out at a club? Seriously.
1: But I gotta ask this, like, I, I despise a, a person that puts his hands on a woman. I don't care if she hits you 40 times in the face. Like, that's just my, that's my thing. And I saw this Whitlock last night, Whitlock comments. That, so you're telling me that you, she can just hit you five times? Yeah, she can, because it's just not equal. It's not fucking equal. You can kill her with one blow. She's probably not going to fucking hurt you with 10. But he got, he looked very comfortable slapping her twice. And I just can't find, I just can't fathom that's the first time this dude's laid a hand on his wife or a woman. And I'm like, dude, you're comfortable doing comfortable things. And I'm just starting to see why can a Des Bryant, huh. a Kareem Hunt, a Tyreek Hill, uh, all these guys who have been captured um, hitting women. Demand a cancellation of a Skip Bayless, Bart Scott, or somebody else. Over when a you tweet, are, I get secondhand embarrassment, Steve. For you should just go away in the shadows and shut yeah. the fuck up.
3: Look, let who has not sinned cast the first stone, as they say. Look, we don't have to agree with everybody. We can vehemently have an argument, but to absolutely condense condemn someone um, to that degree it was interesting, like even Terrell Owens said, it's time to cancel you. And I'm like, Terrell, you are not perfect yourself. I, you know, one of the things that I've learned how to do in recent years is let's just agree to disagree. I'm not changing your mind. You're not changing mine. The only difference is, um you might care more about my opinion i'll never really care about yours and like i have told you i don't block people on twitter anymore for the most part i just mute them um because they'll continue to follow me and i'll never hear from them it's the fairest exchange because this way you get all my thoughts that you want because i assume you follow me and i don't follow you for a reason it sounds arrogant but it's the truth okay but it's funny that these guys demand other people's jobs. Or that they never work again. Uh, you, you really have to be, uh, as you would say, a shitbird, to to have that type of mindset. It, it's just whiny, and it just reeks of entitlement. Here's a, uh, man, I just got this. I want to try to share it. Like, Let me give you an example, Coach. As much as I disagree with what Dominic Foxworth said yesterday, blaming the fans, guess what? I don't want him to lose his job may not think I didn't see what he said he basically said fans have to understand the I'll send you the clip on Instagram but he basically said I blame the fans for making this game so popular and think about the money and so when you complain about our money he said something he basically blamed the fans for liking the sport and wanting the sport and not caring about us as people um, coach here's the problem they pay your salary. They pay your salary, and guess what? When you tell someone to do a job, you don't really care about their personal lives. You really don't. You care about their ability to perfect their craft and to uh, uh, do their occupation at a high level, and you compensate them. And football players say, I do it. I hate when athletes say this. We do this for your entertainment. No, 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 no. You're in the entertainment business as a cog in the machine. But you do the job for money because there's never been a player that says, you know what, I'm going to do this for free. I just like entertaining y'all. Never happens. It never happens. I'm just telling you, Dominic Foxworth has to understand one thing. You choose to play this game, but and you earn that privilege because you're good enough at it, and you should get all the money you can. But do not ever put this on the fans to only care really about you as football players. Think about it, coach. We don't know them as people. They're not our neighbors. Most of them are not our family members. I don't care about them any more or less than a police officer or a firefighter who I believe have very important jobs that do their jobs every single day. And guess what? They don't expect us to say, Well, I'm more than just a police officer. No, they're trying to have it both ways. And it's, I completely, but with that said, I don't think Dominic Foxwood should be canceled either. So
1: it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to show you something I just got. Literally, I just got this right here. And this is starting to, uh, I believe this is going to be the, the new uh, trend or the way we're going to head, in my opinion. I believe this is what's going to start happening. I'm going to try to pull it up if I can figure out how to. How to do this thing. Here we go. Um, I'm going to save it and pull it up as a, uh, so I can pull it up in my deal here. Um, Here we go. Boom. Um, This is getting interesting, man. This is now, now the NFL is reaching out to politicians, uh, players. Particular players are reaching out to politicians. Um, I just got this. uh, Let's see here. Boop oh i'm gonna show you this one this is very interesting to me um he did not share who it is but um take a look at this shit uh reagan o'hanley today i received this message from a former nfl player So many current and former players are scared of what the Vax is doing to their friends, and they're not allowed to discuss it publicly. I promised him I would be his voice. But my God, what is happening to us? This is horrible. This is the message here. If I die from a sudden heart attack or drop dead, I 100% believe it was from the COVID vaccine I received in 21. I want you to be my voice and fight for me if I somehow pass. This This may seem extreme, but recently I've had more than a few people I've known to be healthy individuals just drop out of nowhere with no explanation. The vaccine being the common thing they all had in common. Wow. Coach, I appreciate my main man sending me that. Um, Wow. Oh, here we go. Now, now I guarantee guarantee
3: you that right there, that will be treated as radioactive by the mainstream media. None of them will retweet it. They certainly won't talk about it. They will not be allowed to write about it or broadcast it.
1: Oh man, that's going to be interesting. Uh, see, I don't care about talking about it. I talk about whatever. I, I just, uh, I'm just, I don't like to assume though. See, I hate assumption right. because I, I want to make sure that's what it is. I'm not going to just come out, oh, fucking vaccine. Like, I know people. I know people is um, I know people who have had it and are fine, but I don't know people that have had it and are currently playing, um, like active sports. You know what I
3: mean? Yeah. Look, if all of a sudden, let's just say even three or four, which would be too many, have heart attacks pass away, and they're in the physical primes of their lives. How would the NFL at this point not at least acknowledge we may have made a mistake forcing everybody in mass to take this shot? And the guy that I would really listen to or be curious to to hear his thoughts on, once he retires, once he's insulated from the National Football League and out of that cocoon, would be Aaron Rodgers. You just know Aaron has a lot of pent-up feelings about this and how he was dragged through the mud for making a choice on his body. And all these media members that tried to guilt people, athletes and regular civilians, into doing something that they were forced to do, which was take the vaccine, I wonder how they'd cover it. I just think it's really interesting. Like I love the freedom that I have, Jason i didn't have it a couple years ago just be able to wake up in the morning and to retweet whatever i want and a lot of that is information and tweets like that i have no problems doing it and i remember a couple months ago some guy came at me and said "Hey, why'd you retweet this and i said very simple because i can and there's nothing you're gonna do to stop me
1: that's what i don't get people in the chat they don't just they don't agree they don't like it whatever I don't understand what they don't like. I'm I'm simply just showing.
3: What don't you don't like? The information, or the I, fact it's out there, or that we're discussing it, or that it may be true. What don't you that's like? That's what I want to fucking know. I want to know why people don't
1: like, don't agree with it. Like, I don't care if you don't agree with it. Like, why can't you talk about it?
3: I don't and by like- the way, uh, I would say to all those fine people out there, your audience, we're not asking you not to take the vax. Go ahead, take five booster shots and a shot of Cuervo and another booster. Hell, take a whole syringe of the damn thing if you want. We're not stopping you. <laughs> What's hey, the you issue? These is, these guys they these
1: guys um you know, they go around and they 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 have these fake check marks now i got i got tom cruise following me on twitter and i'm like oh damn tom cruise he's verified but then it was it's it's, it's, tom cruise has 31 followers because he paid the eight dollars he paid the eight dollars that's not a top gun and i'm like
3: what the fuck's going on here
1: so i'm like come on man it's like it's unbelievable to me i'm just like come on dude this thing right here is just I, I don't know. It's just unbelievable. I can't understand it. I'm um, getting into some football, though. I got to ask you, uh, the Jets were eliminated. The Patriots have a shot. Uh, but it comes down to the Dolphins and the Jet game. Can the Jets beat the Dolphins? Here's my take on this. I want to mm. get the take. The Dolphins have lost, what, five in a row? I don't know what the situation with Tua is. That is a whole nother situation that's kind of thrown bit now been kind of quieted down because of this Hamlin deal. That seems to be taking over all news. But let me ask you this. Uh, I think if Salah is going to build a true competitive franchise year in and year out and be a playoff team, he has to win this game. And I believe he is. I believe the guys have bought into him from what I know at my former player, Jermaine Johnson um calvin jackson was there for a year uh i mean for the offseason uh one of my other former players they respect and appreciate the fact of how this guy operates as the head coach i think they're going to ball out and play for him because i believe he'll get them to understand Mm -hmm. we're not letting guys in the playoffs here like fuck this we're not here to get a draft pick we are here to win this game and i believe the jets are going to beat them and i think that it's hard, man. You lose five in a row in the NFL, you start to have a psyche now, and now you got this weirdo fuck as head coach. I don't know
3: if he can rally the troops. If you look, as as flawed as Tua is, Coach, I'll give him credit. Miami can't win a game without him. For as many under throws, as many ducks as he goes, as many fair catches as Tyreek Hill has to call on 50-yard out routes or, or 50-yard go routes or post patterns, they don't win without him. And the Jets still scramble very hard and play good defense. Now, the question is, can Mike White be serviceable to just get to 21 to 24 points? That's been an issue. You know, I'm not so sure if uh, uh, the last game of the year really translates or carries over to next year. Because here's the thing, Coach. They have a decision to make on Zach Wilson. I think he's a bust. I think he's irredeemably flawed and no one wants to play for him. He was overdrafted and they got a fish and cut bait um, or cut bait with them and say, okay, we made a mistake. We're not going to let this linger. Let's say they get a more serviceable quarterback. Let's say they get a guy that instead of being the worst or the 31st or 32nd best starter, let's say they get a guy that's about the 15th best starter. Just think about it, coach. If they just get average quarterback play, for 17 weeks, this team's probably already in the playoffs. They've actually gotten some of the worst quarterback play that we've seen recently. So, uh, Easily they have four more wins. Right. And also, and unfortunately, injuries are a part of the game. When Brees Hall got injured, who was probably trending on his way to being the offensive rookie of the year in the AFC, that took away their explosion in the backfield because it, it looks like he's going to be really good and hopefully he can come back to what he was. But I like the Jets' base. You look at their defense, Sauce Gardner, Quinnen Williams, they have pieces there. They're always going to play good defense with that coach. Offensively, I think Garrett Wilson with the right quarterback can be a pro bowler, okay? If Brees Hall comes back, now you have another piece. I, I don't think the future of this franchise or next year is tied into this last game because if they get that one quarterback that could just give them steady play, and I'm not talking about being uh, elite, just steady. Where Every game, you throw at least 63% or 65%. Every game, you get at least 225 to 275 yards of passing yards and a couple of touchdowns, and you throw no more than 10 interceptions. You do that as the baseline with that defense coach, you can consistently win football games. So I think that's more important than a singular game at the end of the season. I don't
1: know if you heard my uh I broke down this canceled game that's been that's suspended, not canceled yet, but they're not playing it this week. It's it's kind of breaking precedence. Usually it's no more than two days later that mm-hmm. they played the game. Even after Chris Henry died in 09 for the for the Bengals, they played two days later. Um in 71, they fucking finished the game yep. after the guy was died on the field. They finished the game. It was only a minute left in the game, but they finished the game and recorded it officially. Uh there's so many things going on. There could be a pushback of the Super Bowl a week. They can push back that first wildcard round, finished week 8, 17, week after would be a week 19 game. Um, there's a scenario where only the two and three seeds are determined, and then the one seed would be a fourth tiebreaker, which the Bengals hold. Uh I think it's insurmountable that the Bengals hold over the tiebreaker and then the bills hold the tiebreaker over the chiefs because they beat them at home. Yeah. It's so much to unwrap here. I don't know what's going to happen. Um,
3: but you know what the simplest thing to do is, and and it's not going to make everyone happy. Just call the game a tie and let the standings be the standings. And unfortunately, uh, for the two teams, they're going to have to live with that result. Which and, means look, if- and we're going to ask
1: questions yourself, myself, we're going to ask these questions and nobody else is going to talk about. And we're going to break down real football talk about from a former player perspective and a coaching perspective and a fucking common sense perspective. If I still am playing, I'm the competitor that I am and I'm a Tom Brady or, or let's just say in the AFC, I'm a Bill Belichick and I'm a Mike Tomlin. Fuck. No. You need to play that goddamn game. You know why? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see these two go at it because of just the rigor, the competitive rigor that's going to occur in that game takes a toll on you. Yeah. Why did you play one less game than me? Right. In the NFL, we oh. need to see that. So, because the Bills and them had a game this weekend. Yeah. So, it's like okay well now you didn't even play and now you're gonna well you play five minutes now you're gonna play again this weekend pretty fresh and you got a damn scrimmage also you got to play a fucking scrimmage game last monday uh which is a horrible way to put it but you got a scrimmage and got some live ammunition reps in lieu of this bad well, Coach, that occurred. let me
3: ask you this if you're kansas city though would you say you know what We'll let you be a little fresher and not go through the rigors of the game if we get home field. If you're Kansas City and you're thinking, hey, guys, look, they're not going to have as much physical wear and tear. They're going to have one less week of wear and tear uh, than you guys have. But here's the upside. You get the week off and you get all the home playoff games. If you're Andy Reid, you're thinking, okay, Monty Hall, I'll take that deal. I I mean, again, if, if you're Kansas City, though, you actually don't mind because you're going to get a buy anyway and a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's not a bad deal for them. I mean,
1: it's going to be interesting. I, I got to see how this thing – I got to see how this thing unfolds. I, I don't know. Um, what was your take – before you get out of here, uh, what was your take on USC losing to my good friend Willie Fritz?
3: <laughs> well, um, one of these days, Lincoln Riley is going to have to get his offense good enough to overcome his defense. Don't know if it's ever going to happen. Don't know if it's possible. But at 45-30, I thought the game was over. I started going to my friend's house to watch the Rose Bowl. And next thing you know, I walk in and they say, hey, Tulane just, I couldn't believe it. I, w- Willie Fritz did an unbelievable job of keeping, first of all, to have that type of season, which is their greatest season since 1998, when they went unbeaten. And, but I still say this is the greatest year they ever had because they beat better teams. And I think even our good friend Sean King would admit that, that, that this year's Tulane team had a tougher schedule than the Green Wave way back when. But Lincoln Riley is now starting to face questions about, is he a complete coach or is he just a glorified offensive coordinator? And this is what people, and look, and I like Lincoln Riley for the most part as an offensive guru. But coach, if you look at his history, he's got a great record. He's made the playoffs and and he won a, uh, won a lot of games this year. But if you look at it, he took over a locked and loaded ready to go program from Bob Stoops. It's not like he had to build anything. I mean, Bob Stoops had that program going for about 20 years where they were one of the premier programs in the country. They were always in the top five to 10. So I Now he has to do something at USC, which was to rebuild. And he's done that on one side of the ball. But he has to make a really tough decision now on his defensive coordinator. I believe his name is Alex Grinch, who's not exactly uh, Buddy Ryan. And I still remember Steve Spurrier in the 90s. He did a lot of great things at Florida the first four or five years defensively they weren't very good and he brought in a young man by the name of Bob Stoops enterprising young defensive coordinator elevated that unit and they ended up winning a national title soon thereafter is Lincoln Riley going to make that decision I think that's what every USC fan wants to know listen I know
1: who the guy is I know him I know a bunch of people that coach with him at Oklahoma and at I've known that closely obviously they took my players um I don't get along with the guy. I, I don't think he's a very good coach at all. I think mm. he's a good play caller on offense. I think he has a good play uh, mind. But did, did
3: you do you know he didn't play football? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't he kind of a walk-on type that was told by Mike Leach, you have no future in this game, just be a coach? Yeah, and I'm not,
1: so, you know, there's a few guys like this. There's Charlie Weiss. There's Mangino. There's, Mike Leach was like that, kind of. Mike Leach is a lawyer. He's from California, a Thousand Oaks guy. He went out to Pepperdine, got his law degree. So there's guys like this, right? But then this is the prime example. I have yet to find a guy who didn't play football who has won a Natty or a Super Bowl. Mm. So – and then I've yet to find a guy who was really, really good at football to win a natty or a Super Bowl. <laughs> so that is what people don't understand. There, Mike Singletary failed miserably. Deion Sanders, we're going to see his jury's still out. He's done a great job so far when he took take over a, a, a Jackson State team, but that's an HBCU. You can get some guys off your clout and off your name. You, you can just be better competitively athletically gifted guys over the rest of the hbcu which is pretty bad football so we're going to see how it how it how this resume ends but a lot of guys who are good can't coach because they expect you to do what you did when you played which is not a true that's just not realistic and then the guys that didn't play don't truly understand the full dynamic that occurs in a locker room, the yeah. small intangible tangible things. And I think Lincoln Riley struggles with it completely. He thinks that it's all about offense, offense, offense. When you have to manage the entire gamut, you got to yeah. be accountable for the entire operation. That includes your staff and players. And Caleb Williams don't even show up to the presser after the game. Yeah, He is a – I've been saying it, but what do I know? He's the second coming of Kyler Murray. He's an absolute fucking shitbird. And can he play? Sure. But he can play in that offense. I want to see him play under center and two back, 21 personnel, and take a fucking drop and throw the ball on time at 5'11". And and let's not see the ball get batted down. That is what people don't understand. So I can't wait to see this uh, version when everyone's anointing him as the greatest thing. I want to see if he does play next year because I wouldn't be surprised if he just opts fuck out. But let's play for Lincoln Riley, who's brought him here. Let's see if he plays. And Lincoln Riley, on the other hand, I'm just telling you, Alex Grinch has not been good several different places. Now he thinks, but it's his boy. It's his boy, Steve. We keep our boys with us because that's Uh. comfortable. We want to be comfortable and we're never comfortable being uncomfortable in this position because these guys are scared that we we'll bring an outside guy in and he'll backstab me or he won't he yeah. won't buy into what I do on the low <clears throat> under the table under the table with these parents or these kids and what I'm selling these pipe dreams. So you keep your you keep your circle tight even though he can't coach a bat out of save his life. Right, the D coordinator yeah. defense for Oklahoma's always been bad. Defense at SC's been bad under him this year. He's got. Some great transfer portal talent. That's why they won in a bad league. You talk about fucking Molly Watt by Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the the Pac-12, Oregon struggled. UCLA lost to Pittsburgh. Like if you really look at it, we're like, oh well, shit, what's going on here? Um, the Pac-12 just is it bad again, or people just don't care about the bowl games after this playoffs have already been played? Willie Fritz, a great mentor of mine, great guy. His offensive coordinator is a guy named by the name of Jim Svavoda who was the quarterback coach here when Drew Olson had one of the highest reigning quarterback ratings of all time in college football when he was under Carl Durrell. He was there for only one year. He's a good friend of mine. He's a Midwest guy. Uh, he was the head coach of central Missouri for a long time. How Willie hired him. They're both juco guys out of Kansas uh, years ago. He hired him to be the OC this year at Tulane. They've averaged like 45 a game. <sighs> Tulane's been great. Um, I don't know if you heard about the LSU debacle, no, <laughs> a train, a choo-choo train on this girl. Then the girl tweeted out something. I've, I've loved it. My time here, da 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 And she goes back, and apparently she's – I think she's already been offered a job at Auburn. It's like, no, we need you over here. We're struggling at Auburn. We need you here. So we don't know what's going to happen there. But what I do know is um, I'm curious on this LSU thing, but have you seen – did you see during the game the shitbirds at LSU running over and fucking with the mascot, jumping in this thing, and then the coach having to pull him out? There is a common theme going, ha- going on
3: in LSU, and it's by the name of Brian Kelly. Well, this is what Brian Kelly signed up for, though. I, I had a theory. Me and Whitlock talked about it last year He said, why would he leave? Notre Dame for SEC, easy. He wants a higher caliber of athlete where he can win a national title he actually did an excellent job at Notre Dame. They played for the national title in 2012. They made the playoffs a couple times, but he always knew there was a ceiling there to really get over the top of beating an Ohio state or an Alabama or whatever LSU team or Clemson. He would have to go to a place where it's easier to admit a certain amount of really high end <laughs> athletes, but everything comes at a cost. Nothing in life is easy or free. So this is what he walked into. Like, I guarantee you this type of stuff probably didn't happen at Notre Dame. Um, And, yeah, the memes were funny as they were trying to, like, do the thing on the Cheez-Its thing. Um, There's a couple of tweets referencing, hey, they're trying to do what they did a couple weeks ago. And I was like, ooh, God. (laughs) I mean, so, by the way, like I said, um, anytime a girl's name is destiny, red flag. Red flag. And now the destiny will be fulfilled at Auburn. That's it. Hey, Chase, my
1: boy. Hey, I want to introduce you to my main man, Steve Kemp. Steve, this is Chase Sr. He, uh, he specializes in the Niners and the Eagles. I, I, I wanted to get you guys on here before Steve gets out of here. Uh, there's the meat and stuff. Uh, I saw Chase laughing about destiny.
4: <laughs> I was cracking up, yeah.
1: Hey, Chase, uh, are the Eagles really shitty without Jalen Hurts?
4: Look, he's an MVP candidate for a reason. When ah. you take an MVP candidate off a team, this is what happens, J.D. Yeah, coach, come on. Hey, Guys combined nice. for 35 touchdowns this year, and you, you you think he's trash. Yeah, because it's
3: it's with his feet. It is, coach. There's no doubt it's about not, it.
2: It's not. It's not.
3: Well, part of it is, though, Chase, because of his course. ability to move the chain about five times a game with his feet, it really makes that – there's just no threat with Minshew, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that Jalen Hurts' ability on a third and two to run a power – Or they're the great – they're the best quarterback sneak team. They must practice that an hour every – I mean, they're good at that. They get all together in that rugby scrum, and they just kind of push. But his ability to extend plays, I think, is so underrated because it keeps the defense off the field too.
4: But why should he be knocked for that?
3: If he has a special
4: athletic trait in that regard like Josh Allen extending plays with his legs, why should Jalen Hurts be knocked because of
3: that? I don't think – Yeah, coach. I'm on your side, Chase. Yeah, coach. Why? (laughs) I, I'm not saying to be knocked. I'm not saying he's knocked. What well, I'm people saying, do knock him. They box. knock him because
4: they say he's not a good thrower and he's a runner first and a passer second when his deep ball accuracy and all of his throwing rankings are up there top five in the NFL.
1: Yeah, no, listen, I'm not. I, listen, me and Sean Salisbury, we, put him, we had him at our top of MVP because I think I'm not going to say, I'm not going to slap Chase in the face with this. I'm not going to say out of default. You can if you want. To. That's fine. I, I'm not going to say it's because out of default, uh, Steve, I don't want to say it's out of default because the league's quarterbacks are fucking shitty. But um, what I will say is, I think it's a little bit overrated that we look at the fact that he has improved. I, I've been the first one to say is mechanically he's great. He's been a yeah. lot better. But what I'm saying is, I think that we're looking at this thing like he is the he is the he is the one thing we got to have to win a Super Bowl. And I'm like, it's going to be the same result at the end of the day. Um, they're not going to win a Super Bowl, And I'm just telling you right now, he's going to struggle when he can't run around um, and make improvisation with his feet. He's going to have to make some throws, which he makes throws. I'm not going to say he's not. I just want to see him do it. I want to see him make these consistent throws in a playoff game. That means something. And right now, after the last few weeks, where, what do you, you, you cover both chase. I want to get both to the takes before Steve gets out of here. Uh, Niners or Eagles right now. Purdy, do you have an update on, on Hurts before we get anywhere further? Do you know anything about
4: Hurts? He's probably going to play on Sunday. All the Eagles have to do is win. They get the number one seed. They get an extra week of rest and home field advantage going through Philadelphia in the NFC playoffs. But I've said this all along, JB, and I've said it here on the show. I'm going Niners over Eagles. So the better team. More well coached team. They have more premier players. They're deeper. They're more versatile. They're more proven in the playoffs as compared to Philadelphia. So even if San Francisco has to go on the road, I think that their defense matches up really good with the Eagles' offense. And offensively, what the Niners are doing right now, they can't be stopped. They have so many options on the ground and through the air. Kyle Shanahan has been in his play calling bag. I like San Francisco over Philadelphia. And I'm with you, JB. Like, I don't think the Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that they're trending in the right direction right now. They suffered some big injuries outside of Jalen Hurts. I think that they're in the mix. I think that I'd take Philadelphia in a playoff game over the fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Vikings are legit. I like the Niners. The Packers are streaking right now. They're a scary team, but it's San Francisco and then everybody else for me in the NFC right now.
3: I'm with you, Chase, and, and I, I disagree with Coach. I he does not like the Niners nearly as much as you and I. I. I look the one thing about Brock Purdy that I like is that since he's been inserted as the starter, they're finally getting George Kittle into the the, to the intermediate and deep passing game. I yeah. thought for much of the year, Chase, he was being wasted as the third tackle, and he catch a bunch of five yard curl routes. Now they're getting him into like the explosion plays down the seam. Oh, the one thing about Purdy, he's got to let the ball go. He's under-throwing. I thought he could have had two or three more touchdowns this past Sunday, Chase, but he kept yeah. under-throwing the ball. And again, does that mean it's a regression to the mean? But Shanahan does a brilliant job of making it as easy as possible for a young quarterback to succeed. And just the way they consistently get the ball to calf, And if Debo Samuels is back, that's another weapon. I've said this for about two and a half months. I said this to Whitlock way back in October. When the Niners are healthy at every single department of a football team, from offense to defense, every position, Chase, I'm with you. I think they have the most loaded roster in the National Football League, with or without a premier quarterback.
4: Yeah, and what they're doing right now offensively, Brock Purdy, is actually playing really well. Like You're right, Steve. He missed a couple of throws and could have had a couple of more touchdowns. But you're telling me on an off day when they won their ninth straight game that they still put up 37 points? And it's the anticipatory throws. It's the pocket feel like on that touchdown throw that he had to George Kittle twirled out of the pocket when he realized that the initial read wasn't there. And then when you're moving to the left, resets his feet and then lofts that ball with touch to the back of the end zone to Kittle over the top of a couple of defenders. And what a lot of people lose sight of is before Robbie Gold missed the potential game-winning field goal at the end of regulation, Brock Purdy drove the team down. In, Kittle was at, open, by the way. He was. He was. Kittle was
3: streaking. If he's able to get yeah. that pass off and throws it towards the pylon, that's like a 50-yard touchdown. So the the game-winning touchdown. But the, the fact, fact they, that
4: the rookie drove the it up. team down in those big yeah.
3: spots and made some big throws. To Ayuk. The, yeah. One last question before I get out of here, Chase. What do they do now with Trey Lance? I was not a Trey Lance believer like Coach. Me and him are on that. <laughs> Trey Lance, to me, was a project. I could not believe he was taken in the top five. I think Purdy's the quarterback of the future now.
4: If he wins a playoff game or two, I'm not sure how you go back to Lance and how you unseat Brock Purdy as the starter. And it's not just about winning games. It's the way that Purdy's been playing. And it's also what Kyle Shanahan wants from his quarterback. Yeah. Quick reads, anticipatory throws, very accurate. And honestly, Brock Purdy has unlocked a different element to this offense that the Niners didn't have with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the downfield pass game. I mean, Jimmy G lives in between the numbers and in between the hashes. Purdy's been able to disperse the football outside of the numbers and the hashes. So I I think that if he wins a playoff game or two, at the Mm. very least, we'll see a quarterback competition. But Shanahan wants a quarterback to get the ball out quickly and accurately. And that's what Trey Lance hasn't been able to show, albeit in four starts and he's made like 21 starts going all the way back to 2019 so the experience isn't there but the experience is there for brock Purdy, who played so much at iowa state and i think that you've seen that translate to the nfl level where he's look ready
1: thanks hey steve you could go you could go uh and i'll see you this weekend all over. right bro good to meet hey, you man good to meet you i want you to go though knowing this yes the niners can't beat the eagles in the playoffs Ooh. You're ripping
4: Jalen Hurts, and now you're saying Why? that the Niners yeah, I, well, well,
3: aren't going to beat the Eagles. With their emotions here, what? what <laughs> I mean, you're going <laughs> to leave me with that? <laughs> My buddy can't beat him in the playoffs. Tell you right now, just hey, just stick to that. All right, Steve. All right, we'll <laughs> argue about that for six hours on uh, Sunday. And also, Emmett Smith is a top ten running back. Oh God! No, All right, not. see you guys. <laughs> Hey, uh, Chase, what's up,
1: man? Happy New Year. Um, Happy New Year. Yeah, good to catch up
3: with
1: you again. Is Lane Johnson done? Because I heard he was going to avoid surgery and try to make it happen. I got a kid there. Uh, Is he now officially done with the abdominal injury, or is he going to try to play?
4: Yeah, no, he's going to try to play, but that's why it's so important for the Eagles to get that number one seed so that he gets that extra week of rest. He's going to hold off on surgery. He's going to need surgery at some point, but he's going to try to at least play. How well? I'm not sure. An abdominal injury like that, is very difficult for an offensive lineman, given you're in your pass sets, your run sets, and you're moving your body the way that an offensive lineman has to. But he's really tough. He played through uh, an ankle injury a couple of years ago that he had to get two operations on that ankle injury. But again, when it's core muscle for an offensive lineman going up against a Nick Bosa in the
1: NFC Championship game, that could be tough. Uh, Matt McChesney was on yesterday. He said that he thinks it's easier actually than it would be for like a skill guy. He thinks you can fight in a phone booth and you can get help with some chippers some tight end help, some back help. And you can fight in a phone booth based on scheme. You can schematically change some things offensive line wise. And he thinks he can be okay. And you can move them too. You can actually move them inside and still get a great quality guy. I'd uh, say the problem with that, though, is he's he's the best right tackle
4: in the game, in my opinion. And when he's healthy, you can have him on an island, and you don't need that extra body to chip. So, does that affect the offense to a certain degree? If you need more protection to his side, potentially, they're twelve and twenty-two without him as a
1: starter. By the way, throughout his career, so that's pretty telling. Yeah, you gotta you gotta help him out if he's got a true. I don't know. Does he have a tear? I don't know what yeah. he has. It's a tear, and it's like abductor. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, yeah. Here we go. We asked this question. I asked you this weeks ago, a month ago. We said the Packers were most likely done. We said the Bucks may get in the playoffs out of default, but they're not a team. Has it changed now that both ty- have won a few games in a row? Both quarterbacks are who we know who they are. Are they a scary team right now with the addition of Watson balling like he is and, and – Aaron Rodgers seemingly looking like he's more comfortable and got his swag back. Uh, Brady over there with Mike Evans last week. Now, the corner for the Panthers was hurt and all that. I get it. Um, but they still have a thing called momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like both of these guys? And are you, If you're a cowboy, would you be scared to go to Tampa and play in 70-degree weather in January against a uh, legendary guy like Brady?
4: Oh, that's a Cowboys worst nightmare is them finishing the season like they have and then having to go on the road and losing to Tom Brady. They're going to have to exercise some type of demon in the playoffs because they've gotten beat by Tom Brady countless times in the playoffs as well as Aaron Rodgers combined. Uh, so that's the Cowboys worst nightmare. But look, this is what we said back a couple of months ago. The Packers at that time were playing terrible football. They had no identity. Aaron Rodgers wasn't good. And for some reason, they weren't running the football and the Bucks really up until last week, had looked terrible all year as well. But why you can't count out Green Bay or Tampa Bay is because of the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady factor. When it comes down to playoff time, they are so ready and they are just so uncanny in those moments where they're so clutch and they can pull off an upset. If the Cowboys went on the road and lost against the Bucs, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. If the Packers went on the road in the first round and won or made a sneaky trip to the NFC championship game, I wouldn't be surprised. I got to give credit to Matt LaFleur because he's changed the philosophy of the offense a little bit. They were way too pass heavy early in the year. They've changed their identity to run the football a little bit more with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and In turn, that's opened up the downfield pass game to a guy like Christian Watson. So they're just more balanced. I was reading a stat the other day. The Packers, when they run the ball 50% of the time, they're like 6-0, 7-0, something crazy like that. So that's something to kind of keep an eye out for. That game between the Packers and the Lions this week is going to be a really good one. I don't have a lot of confidence in Jared Goff that he's going to go into Lambeau and win, but I do think that the Lions are a sneaky solid team. You got the Packers in. I do have the Packers,
1: yeah. I do, too. I do, yeah. too. I don't think that broke. Sean and I broke down golf last night, and he still does the things that scare me. Like, he's still – he's inconsistently consistent. Yeah. He's
4: also <laughs> just not good in the cold. He's really good in the dome. He's not that good in the cold.
1: And I just think I, – I just – he's like cousins to me. I, I just can't bank on him winning the big game for me. So, I don't know. Um let me ask you this. Are you looking forward to the Natty college football?
4: Oh, I can't wait. So I was in Fort worth for new year's Eve and that's where TCU's campuses. So to be able to be there when TCU pulled off that upset, it was awesome. Great atmosphere in Fort worth. And Everybody was doubting TCU heading into that game. I saw them play the Big 12 championship game. They lost to Kansas State, but they shot themselves in the foot. If they run Duggan on a quarterback sneak two of those final plays, they get in. I thought that was play calling malpractice. But for Sonny Dykes to learn from that, and then what'd you see on Saturday? They ran the quarterback sneak in short yardage situations, and they really flustered Michigan. Now, I didn't think that Michigan was sound in the red area they had so many plays in TCU's portion of the field and they had some really weird play calls like Michigan all year has been a downhill physical football team yet they tried to go Philly special toward the goal line at one point and they tried to go way too finesse so I didn't agree with that but give credit where credit is due, TCU played a really good game and to have to outlast Michigan like they did, I thought that was impressive. And then I I, I thought that the Ohio State-Georgia game was going to be close just because Ohio State's offense, they have... 3-4 NFL wide receivers, and that's without Chris Olave. And CJ Stroud, to his credit as well, played one of the best games of his life. Uh, you can't trust college kickers, though, as we saw at the end of that game. But I'm excited for it. I think it's actually going to be a pretty solid game. I'm not sure if TCU has the horses and the depth to keep up with Georgia for 60 minutes, but... I think it's going to be a good game and one of the more intriguing national championships that we've seen in recent time, and it's definitely the best college football playoff final four set with those two games that we've ever seen in this format.
1: Yeah, I think Georgia's going to absolutely fucking mollywop them. Okay, I'll remember Only, that. I, I just the after that performance against Ohio State and giving up that ass that they gave up. Yeah. TCU has nowhere near the wideouts that Ohio State has. That is that was Georgia's downfall. Zach and I said the same thing. I think it was going to be much closer uh, than everyone thought because of the outside wideouts and CJ Stroud looked good. And if 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 uh, Harrison don't get hurt, that game's over. Yeah. And here's the thing with TCU, like they had to exhaust so much
4: energy energy just to win that game. So are they a little bit banged up heading into a game that's going to be
1: even more physical against Georgia? I think that's can put in this
2: game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Nine days in between. I just think Kirby smart. If he wants to reign supreme and have a conversation that he is now the new program over Alabama as reign supreme, got to win. He's going to have to make a statement here. And I think that's what they'll do. Uh you, so let me ask you this: uh, I, I got to ask you something. This this uh, Cowboys just released James Washington, the receiver that's only played in two games. Is a buddy of mine plays, or uh, one of my former players plays there? But a, a buddy of mine coaches there. I'm hearing that they're doing it without giving away any sources. They're getting rid of him so he can be claimed on waiver off waivers. They're getting rid of him because the Cowboys have no backup center. Oh, interesting. So they need to make a roster spot for their backup center. They're going to have to get a roster spot. Um, I don't know if you know this or who the hell is out there playing center right now that's available. Not a lot of guys, but I when I did
4: see that he got released, which happened, I don't know, about an hour ago, I was like, there has to be a corresponding roster move because something doesn't really make sense. Now, the emergence of T.Y. Hilton, and he's played really well for the Cowboys the last couple of weeks. He had that third and 30 conversion against the Eagles on Christmas Eve, then a couple of big plays against Tennessee. He has made and did make James Washington expendable but i wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring washington back on the practice squad wide receiver depth but there's another roster move that's going to happen uh because that was somewhat surprising
1: hey i don't know if you saw anything i i broke down i got a, a good friend of mine, a referee uh, sent me a bunch of this information about this cancellation and this unfortunate events that happened on monday night's game um what is your take on this whole what can happen? Are, are, do you would you rather see the, the the bump back of the Super Bowl and the playoffs, or would you rather see this game be called a tie? Or would you rather see see I'm not a, I'm not with the tie thing because I think these two teams as a competitor, if I was a Mike Tomlin or another coach, I want to see these two teams play because they in essence got a scrimmage and a bye. And so yeah. the bodies are it's not a fair deal to the rest of the league, in my opinion, even though we have an unfortunate situation occur. Life moves on. The game moves on. I don't understand. It's all up to Roger Goodell, though. Based on all the rules I read earlier, it is solely in Roger Goodell's hands, and he can make this decision unequivocally. He doesn't need a board. He doesn't need anybody else. Um, what would you rather see, I guess? It's, I guess it's a preference thing, not more of a moral thing.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, I think morals do have to come into it to a certain degree. I'm with you. Like I am so sensitive to what happened, and my thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin as well. But life does have to go on, and business does have to go on. That's the reality of the world that we live in. Death is a part of life, and these types of things, although you know they never happen, uh, you know, frequently at the NFL level, these types of incidents are practiced, they're thought about. And the NFL does have to exercise how to move forward. Um, So hopefully he's able to pull out and be okay and stuff like that. But business does have to go on. That's just the reality of the situation. I actually disagree with you because you're like, you said, oh, you know, they might get that extra week of rest. But the other teams in the NFL aren't dealing with the emotional rigors of having to witness that. So I think that that makes up for it, and I think out of respect to Hamlin and his family, I think that you just call it a tie. Now what's unfortunate about it, this was was supposed to be one of the best games of the year. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, they're fighting for the number one seed, AFC playoff implications, AFC North playoff implications. If you just call it a tie and then you had these teams move on as scheduled this week, I just think it makes it easy. I mean, think about the logistics of this, right? If you're to push the NFL season back, There's a lot of planning that goes into Super Bowl, the playoffs. If you just delay the entire NFL schedule a week, uh, that throws a lot of things out of whack. Now, all the other teams get an extra week of rest as well, so I guess that could be a positive. But I do think that you play this week and you move forward, you just call it a tie, and it is what it is. You call it a tie just because of the unfortunate nature of what happened, and hopefully we never see anything like that happen again.
1: Yeah, I mean, the end in, in result, though, I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but if it was a broken leg, unfortunately, we've seen compound fractures, the game played and, and moves on. The game would have been played man down. There's still a man down regardless of the situation. The game right. hadn't been played and the game would have been played. And the physicality of the game is where the part i have would have an issue as an opposing team that has to play one of these teams like right. if i'm the team who's the buffalo play this weekend uh, dolphins
4: and then the nah jets play, play dolphins
1: don't they let me see
4: yeah well yeah i'm trying to think about this so the i think the bengal's play the ravens if i'm not mistaken and then the bengal's have
1: the ravens
4: yeah. The Bills have
1: Patriots. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's right. That's right. So let me ask if I'm Belichick though, I'm pretty pissed. Like I you're fresh as shit and you had live reps, and it's basically what's a scrim? what is now a scrimmage. I mean, yeah, it, it's not it's not the I mean, it's not the most it's not there's the there's a little bit is.
4: of a competitive disadvantage there, but at the same time for both of these teams, like they had to see a guy. Almost die on the field and get CPR. So I do think that, you know, a Bill Belichick, he'll be understanding of the situation. They still had to travel. They still had to get ready to play that game. They didn't go all 60 minutes, of course. But I just think with the unique circumstances, there has to be a little bit of wiggle room there. And I'd rather, I'd rather them play this week as compared to pushing it back another week.
1: Yeah. So the Jets, I, uh, the Jets, Dolphins, I, I brought it up earlier. I think Sala has to get the Jets to win this game going into next year, even though they've already been eliminated. I just think they he has to do it for a psyche standpoint. They're not playing for a draft pick. They're not playing for this. They're not trying to tank. You're trying to build an organization that is going to be a playoff contender year in and year out. I don't know what to deal with too. Is he done?
4: Yeah. I just actually saw an update before I hopped on here. Let me pull that up real quick to see. the latest update is the dolphins just signed mike glennon before i hopped on so that tells me that they're kind of scrambling at that quarterback position um, I believe in lieu of what just
1: happened as well, there's no way that they can play. Oh, it.
4: no way, no way. And actually the report that I saw was about Teddy Bridgewater, Uh pinky finger on his throwing hand that was dislocated, but not broken. Whether he can play this week will come down to swelling. And if he can grip the ball. So a couple of days ago, it looked like Teddy wasn't going to be able to play. Now it looks like there's a chance and they signed Mike Glennon, I guess, to be the backup. But if they signed Mike Glennon to be the backup, doesn't that, Kind of tell us that Tua is definitely not going to play. He's done. Yeah.
2: Tua's yeah. got
1: to be out then. And if yeah. Tua's out, with their, you know, we can say whatever we want to say about Tua. I don't think he's a great deep ball thrower. People think he is. I think he's inaccurate. I think he doesn't. I don't even think he has a big NFL arm. But he's a winner. He's won. He, they're not very good without him. That's the That's the common denominator. They're not good without him. Uh, can he win a Super Bowl? Not in my mind. But he's a much better for that team than everyone else seems to be. Yeah, um, and were
4: the three picks in the second half, was he just not feeling it mentally now? That's that's a possibility, I guess. That's
1: what everybody's saying. I yeah. mean, I, I don't know. Who knows?
4: I there mean, were some I, bad reads and bad throws, but if he's not clicking on all cylinders in between the ears,
1: maybe that's why. But, you know, I, I did a viral video months ago that, fuck, I thought he was done. He should never have been able to play again. That's my thing, but, you know, I'm the insensitive one. But guess what? It's a brain issue, and I think that this is now – Going to be a major issue for this kid. I hope that he can come through this. But I mean, the Dolphins, I think it's hard to where they lost five in a row. They've lost, yeah, they lost every game in December, uh,
4: starting with the Niners game when they got throttled. The Niners broke them and then they and lost. They stayed last week at as West
1: well. practice at UCLA, got throttled by the Chargers. Yeah. yeah
4: and so then, five in a
1: row. So it's hard, man, to come through and, and get a win. So if they win, they're in yes i believe so there's there's some
4: other things that have to happen yeah if they if they lose they're done uh but if they win there's an opportunity for them to get in if they won their last two games they were guaranteed to be in i think if
1: the dolphins win the patriots are out regardless so the patriots have to get the jets to beat the dolphins and the patriots win and they're in okay
4: yeah that sounds about right
1: that's what i'm hearing so uh What's your take on Caleb Williams, the second coming to Kyler Murray, not uh, going to his presser after SC got beat by Tulane? He's an emotional guy. We've seen him get really fired
4: up on the sideline. I think that he has a little bit of a better personality than Kyler, who just seems like a punk. Um, I like him as a quarterback prospect. I want to see what he's able to do next year. USC has an opportunity to be in the college football playoff next year. If Lincoln Riley can finally get that defense in line, that's been the biggest downfall for Lincoln Riley programs. And that's why he's small game Lincoln is because the defense gets thrashed. in every single big game, when you go up against legitimate competition, they got their asses kicked physically by Utah both times this year. And to lose the two lane, there's really no excuse for it. And it's because the defense couldn't hold up. So I like Caleb Williams, him not going to his press conference. I think that's immature. There's no doubt about that. And that immaturity is part of Kyler Murray's problem. But I like him a lot better as a quarterback prospect and just as an overall
1: personality as compared to Kyler. I think yeah, he could I, be pretty there's, special. There's just no way in the world that you're not showing up to an obligation under my watch. And, and wh- why wouldn't you show up? Like, But I'm saying you you heard what I said though under my watch. Oh, yeah. This guy allows this kid, I got you, I got you. Everything you know what I'm saying? Like this cat allows this kid as the head coach to put fuck you, Utah on his hands to do. I mean, this shit is a it's a common denominator here. It's Lincoln Riley. He is a guy that allows this shit to happen, and you wonder why he doesn't win the natty. I don't know if you remember, this is a, this is something that coaches look at, and a lot of people in the novice fan base don't understand and look at. Oklahoma played uh, Alabama a few years back in a BCS first round game. Or the fight, it might have been, yeah, because I don't think Oklahoma's ever won a BCS game, have they? They haven't won uh, a playoff game, right?
4: No, they, they had Oklahoma had a great opportunity uh, in the semifinal against Georgia when yeah. Baker Mayfield was there. They
1: had the lead. Georgia came back, and they lost in the final seconds. Let me show... This is what I... I, I remember I brought this up at a coaching convention I was speaking at. Lincoln Riley rolls in off the bus, and their, their team looks like a bunch of fucking idiots. Some of them have shorts on. Some of them have jeans on. Some of them have this on. Some of them have that on. Alabama gets off. Every single one of them are in a fucking suit and tie. That is the difference in your culture and character and this is a professional business trip compared to a fucking tweet that we want to look get clout for and you can yeah. see he hasn't learned from this yet and he had until he wants to be that next level guy he better figure out defense wins championships and accountability and structure wins and longevity has a sustains longevity he hasn't sustained anything he's never won anything yeah you know it's awesome too
4: Bryce Young played for Alabama. Will Anderson played for Alabama. All these other opt-outs. Nick Saban doesn't mess around. He says, look, your best opportunity to impress NFL personnel is if you play. Now, for some guys, I understand why you sit out if it's some meaningless bowl game. But that Alabama game, that was a legitimate opportunity against Kansas State to play against a really good team. And Bryce Young, he didn't shy away from the opportunity to play in that game. And what did he do? He improved his NFL stock. C.J. Stroud, playing against Georgia, improved his NFL stock. The best way to impress NFL executives is to put game tape out there. And Nick Saban, I give him so much credit for getting those guys to play because Bryce Young, number one pick in my opinion, Will Anderson, a top 10 guy, they both played in that game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. Um, Was there any other bowl games? Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, What is your take on the bowl games? New Year's was weird this year. Christmas on a Sunday. New Year's on a Sunday. Usually New Year's Day. Usually we're used to it during the week. We wake up. We get to watch a lot of college football. Big time New Year's games. uh, Bowl games. Rose Bowl. All these things. They weren't there. They were Monday. So Monday happens. Different feel. Um. What is your feel for these games being after the first round of the playoffs, though? Shouldn't they be before the playoffs and the playoffs are the, you know, this is what you deserve. You deserve to be all eyes on us. Yeah, like
4: I had to work on Monday and we had to watch that epic Mississippi State-Illinois game. We watched USC-Tulane and then for us at Central Time, at 4 o'clock was the kickoff between... Penn State and Utah in the Rose Bowl. So have these games on the weekend to get more viewers. I guess a lot of people are off. We're grinding and hustling here at Chat Sports. But I do think that they can change up the schedule just a little bit to make it easier to watch these games as compared to it being January 2nd and they're going on throughout the day. So I disagree uh, with their scheduling and I'm kind of with you the focus should be the college football playoff. And then these games that happen after it doesn't really make sense. Right. So I, I don't know what the scheduling quirk is and what they're thinking with that. I guess a lot of people are off on January 2nd and that's why they're having these yeah, games, but
1: the holiday on the Monday now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah.
4: But it doesn't make sense to
1: me. I'm with you. So UCLA DTR don't play like these opt-outs are, this is the type of thing you lose to Pittsburgh SC lose to Tulane um, Utah gets drugged by Penn State. Um, the Pac-12 just continues to lose late in game. I, is it a thing that the investment's not there? These kids don't care. They're not playing in these games. Compared to an Alabama where everybody played, even though they were the fifth seed and, and they let the team last out of the playoff, I think Saban wanted to show we're going to dominate this K-State team and show everybody we should have been in. But But then... I had to eat crow because TCU lost. I thought Michigan would beat TCU and then show everybody that Alabama should have been in the playoff, but TCU won. They surprised everybody. They shocked everybody, myself included. They beat a Michigan team who I have heard the team found out that Harbaugh was on his way out, and they just were flat as hell, and it shows that if you watch the beginning of that game. I think talent just prevailed and kept them in it. I don't think that team was even closely involved or invested in that game because I'm hearing Harbaugh to the Colts or or the Broncos. I don't know if you've heard that or not.
4: Yeah, and his salary could be $20 million per year. And then Sean Payton could get about $25 million per year. That's some of the rumblings out there with these new head coaching openings. But for the Pac-12, I'll gladly eat the crow. Like I grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up as a Penn State fan when they were playing really well for Joe Paterno. I thought that they were going to get their ass kicked against Utah because last year in a similar physical matchup, Penn State played Arkansas and they got wiped. And for Penn State this year, James Franklin, not the greatest game management coach. Kyle Whittingham is. Utah is very physical. Penn State is as well. But I just thought that Utah was the overall better team. Penn State played a great game. That's a great win for James Franklin. Great win for Sean Clifford to him to go out, setting all the records at the quarterback spot for Penn State. So I don't look at Utah's loss as a bad one because I think Penn State's solid. They play in the same division as Michigan and Ohio State. Both of those teams were in the college football playoff. And outside of Michigan- and Ohio State in the Big Ten. Penn State is number three in what is the best one of the best conferences in college football behind the SEC. But for a team like USC to lose to Tulane, can't happen. Can't happen. Uh, For some of these other Pac-12 teams to go down, UCLA to Pittsburgh. I know that UCLA had that lead late. Pittsburgh came rolling back. But that's just a bad look. And I don't know if it's an indictment on the Pac-12 or maybe there's just I know that you're not a big uh, NIL guy or transfer portal guy, but when these experienced players who have played a lot and are pretty talented can make some of these other teams deeper, I do think that it makes college football have a little bit more depth in terms of the quality of teams and players. Now, is the quality of play that great? Uh, you can make an argument. No, but I do think some of these teams overall are a little bit more deep and experienced, which I think is really important. And oftentimes that's when you see in the NCAA tournament, the basketball tournament, why some of these veteran laden teams are the ones who are still standing. And then the one and dones who don't have a lot of experience. They're ousted a little bit earlier. It's a good case study, though.
1: Yeah, the Giants, I predicted they were to go to playoffs. I predicted Daniel Jones have a great year. But what do I know? Do you think they rest their players this week or do they play? I don't believe Dable's into resting guys. I think it's all about continuity. I don't, I hate to see, I would never, I want to play my guys. I'm going to play them at least a half or more. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what do you see?
4: I'm not a big rest guy. Um, I think that if you're locking up that number one seed and you don't play for two weeks, so many times we see teams come out a little bit flat for the Patrick. Giants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the Giants, they're not going for that number one seed. But I would actually make the argument that if they went on the road against the Eagles, who they got dominated by not long ago, only a couple of weeks ago, and they knocked the Eagles out of that number one seed, that actually gives them momentum and confidence going into the playoffs and that right there is like a playoff win in a playoff atmosphere to get you geared up to go on the road in the first round to maybe have to take on a San Francisco 49ers team or one of the upper echelon teams in the NFC maybe go on the road to take on the Minnesota Vikings like if you get the wheels churning by beating the Eagles and not resting your guys and you carry that momentum into the wild card round I actually think it could benefit New York but uh, they've been so banged up at wide receiver that maybe they decide to rest guys. They already had that playoff spot locked up for the first time in several years. and what's interesting is that the Eagles are 14, 14 and a half point favorites. So I think the odds makers think out in Vegas that the Giants will rest their guys yeah because the line the line is pretty telling in that game. Yeah.
1: I, I I think the Giants can shock somebody, man. It's crazy. I don't know if they can win a fucking real they're not ready there. They're not that team yet. But I they think
4: can pull they- off an upset.
1: They could would it shock any of us
4: if they go on the road first round Minnesota. wild card and, and beat Minnesota. No, not at all. They they those two teams had a really good game a couple of weeks
1: ago. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think the same thing. Um, and then we don't know what the quarterback situation is in Philly, and we don't know if Purdy is a the guy that can win under the big lights. And and we already know Dak can't. And we know Brady can. Aaron struggles in January, but this isn't a January game for him. This is a Detroit Lions who he's dominated for the majority of his career. Yep, I think he gets in the playoffs, and um, you know, curious to see how how it unfolds. But NFC is very, very uh, tricky right now. I don't know if there's a hands-on favorite. I I, I find, but I, I see that in the NFL completely. As a total. I don't know in totality. I don't know if anybody can predict the Super Bowl champ or the Super Bowl finals. I think it's going to be someone we don't expect. I'm just I, telling you. It won't surprise me yeah.
4: again if the Bengals make it again. I I yes. I Joe Burrow beating Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen uh, wouldn't shock me one bit. He beat Mahomes on the road last year in the AFC championship game. And then in the NFC, it is just it's a it's a conference of parody. I'm not sure which team is going to come out. Like I said earlier, my, my pick right now is San Francisco because I think they're, best,
1: they're the best, most deep and well-coached team. I want to let everybody in the chat know when, when, when somebody says they're not going anywhere, that means they're going to take the job the next day. So please calm down on the Harbaugh thing. I'm telling you right now, don't believe the Carolina Panther hype. He ain't going to Carolina, but that's to throw you off. He's going to the Colts of Denver for $20 million. Just fucking mark my words.
4: Negotiating tactics, people. It's a yeah, very good skill to them. learn.
1: They th- have agents.
4: That's what they do. Exactly. You have the threat now of going to the Panthers. And what happens to Denver? Oh, we'll give you five more million dollars, Jim. Fucking
1: Walmart hey going to pay money. Walmart prices are going to go up, Chase, tomorrow when you go to Walmart and buy your Kirkland whiskey. Yeah,
4: yeah. And, okay. and for Harbaugh? Look, if you're off for $20 million, how could you not leave for Denver? You turned around Michigan, back-to-back college football playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to go chase this bag and get 20 mil. I put my alma mater in a great spot and took him to back-to-back college football playoffs.
1: He knows that Michigan can't sustain what a, what a Georgia and Alabama does down in the South money-wise. And he's like, this ain't a sustainable thing. I beat Ohio State twice. That's my natty. Uh yeah. Let me and, ask you. He, here's the uh, thing,
4: too. One more, one more thing, JB. Michigan prior to 2021, they slashed his salary.
1: Disrespectful. I, I, you're right. Yeah. And and he gave money back for COVID. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, though, dude. Are, I got a I got a sleeper team that is playing as well as anybody that no one's really talking about because of the fact their head coach is an analytical guy. The Chargers seem like they are very scary right now.
4: Yeah, and. Look, we we you and I have been very spot on with our readings of what could happen in the NFL schedule. We said the Packers and Bucks were cooked at the time because they were playing shitty football, but don't necessarily rule them out because of the two goats. We we said the same thing about the Chargers. Like, they have a really good quarterback, Justin Herbert can put the team on his back. They just had to get healthy, had to get Mike Williams back, Keenan Allen back. Now they're going to have Joey Bosa back. Oops. Now, for the Chargers, that's a franchise that always chokes in a really big moment in the playoffs, and they're gonna have to go on the road because the Chiefs have won the AFC West. But that's a team that's playing good football, that's a team that has a good defense, good offense, complimentary, and Justin Herbert can win any game. So that's a good squad right there. And Brandon Staley, I think,
1: has saved his job for another year. Yeah, he has. And now you now you gotta add, now you gotta say, okay, who's open? Yeah.
4: Let me throw another team out there too. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars, if they beat the Titans, they win the AFC South. If they went on the road to face, let's say, a Baltimore Ravens team, depending on how the sh- standings shake out, I think Jacksonville could win that game and make it to the divisional
1: round. Let me ask you this. They played their guys. Tennessee set some guys out last week because they knew yeah. the game mattered this week. I don't like that ploy, but it- – who do you take in a bar fight backed against the wall? Vrabel Peterson. I like both of them. They're both tough-skinned, rough neck guys. Yeah. Uh, one's on defense, one's on offense. It's gonna be interesting. I like Lawrence right now. I don't like the fact that they got to play Dobbs at quarterback yes. for Tennessee. Tennessee's got some issues at quarterback. I think Jacksonville's playing good on the de- defensive line-wise. They're getting to the quarterback. I think Jacksonville gets it done. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to show that he's uh, the first pick for a reason.
4: Yeah, I love Mike Vrabel. Love Doug Peterson as well. I'm a Philly guy. And what he did with the Eagles, he is so clutch in December and January and always has his teams peaking at the right time. The only reason I go Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Dobbs. You got the better quarterback.
1: So I'm going Jacksonville on that matchup. Hey, Sean Salisbury asked me a question last night. Would you take the best quarterback in the 15th-ranked defense or the 15th-ranked quarterback in the best defense? That is a question, and I say I'm taking the first. I'm taking the number one quarterback every time. Yeah, I'm taking your, the number one there's quarterback. There's your Purdy equivalence. There's your Purdy deal. I'm taking yeah. the quarterback. I'm taking Brady to beat the Niners in an NFC title game just because of that Brady factor.
4: Yeah, let me let me throw a comparison out there working off that. Would you rather have Derek Carr in the number one defense or Tom Brady in his prime or Aaron Rodgers in the 15th ranked defense. I'm going with the GOAT. I'm not going with Derek Carr.
1: I don't <laughs> take Derek Carr anywhere. I don't yeah. take Derek Carr anywhere.
4: Yeah. So that I think that's a you know, that's a good well, point. Like
1: What's you take on Derek Carr just vanishing and just saying, fuck it? I don't walk by faith anymore, I guess. I feel like it's organizational
4: to have him benched. I think that Mark Davis was just tired of him. Derek Carr just has to own up to the fact that he didn't play good football this year. Jarrett Stidham looked awesome with Josh McDaniels calling the plays against the number one defense in the NFL and the Niners this past week. Derek Carr just looked lost. And I think he needs a change of scenery. Uh, I personally would not leave the team. I would stay around. But he didn't want to be a distraction. But come on, man. Really? You're going to be away from the team because you don't want to be a distraction? I-, I don't think that you are a distraction. You got benched because you played poorly. Own it. I mean, have some type of ownership.
1: I wish I could walk away. Like I wish the Walmart workers would just say, fuck it, I'm out. I don't need to co-up today. Like this guy's make they're so enabled now, man. They're, they're fucking generated. They're so enabled. I'm so fucking over it. Uh, it just blows my mind. I don't I don't know, man. I just have an issue with it. The, the Chiefs are going under the radar um as we as we end this show the Chiefs are under the radar because nobody's really talking about them like they once were but they're still right there um do you do you think that's something Andy Reid's looking at and saying you know what keep underestimating us fuckers we're gonna we're gonna show you um I think the charges are gonna beat I think they're gonna face each other and I think the charges are gonna get them because it's hard to beat a team three times
4: Yeah, that's true, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in the Chargers going on the road in a hostile environment and beating the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And I saw, Jason, what are your thoughts on the Chiefs coach? Andy Reid It's one of the best in the NFL, arguably the best offensive mind that we've ever seen. So when you match that up with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders for sure. They're falling under the radar just a bit. Um, because there are other teams who are kind of streaking in the AFC. You can't count out KC. I know you're not a huge Mahomes guy, but he can pull off some just alien-like plays, and that's still a really good roster even without Tyreek Hill. Defense is improved. Chris Jones is the best defensive tackle in the NFL right now. He's unseated Aaron Donald for that, and they have a really good complementary cast on offense, and Patrick Mahomes is playing really well. And when you have Andy Reid and Mahomes, like I said, you can make a run and win a Super Bowl.
1: I agree. Uh, it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be an interesting deal. Um, I gotta get you out the Cali, man. I built the fucking whole studio and cigar lounge, man. It's unbelievable. It looks like you're at a fucking cigar lounge. So That's sick. I I'm saw start- I saw
4: some of the videos, man. I'll, I'll, when I'm out there, I'll pop through.
1: Hell yeah, we gotta start. I'm gonna start doing my show in there once I get the cameras and shit right. I'm moving all this cool. in there, and then I'm gonna have my own cigar lounge, and I'm gonna open it up to Sunday. Have watch some games. I can watch like up to five, six games in there, different ones, and smoke i got exhaust fans I got, I got a whole nine it's a fucking real deal thing man so uh, That's it's it. gonna be interesting gotta get you out west man i gotta get you out west away from wasn't it fucking just freezing there
4: yeah but now it's been 60s and 70s over the last several days so it now was cold crazy. there for a bit it was cold there for a bit here in dallas 20 degrees uh, i was still out running in minus one wind chill but uh we'll take a couple of 20 degrees 20 degree days especially for this philadelphia guy if that means that we're getting 60s and 70s in december january
1: hey i i i, I hear you man um, no state
4: income tax too so that's
1: kind of nice as well yeah you're right um higher property tax though don't let them fool you hey what uh what uh what do you got going today
4: Yeah. Just doing a lot of videos on the Niners Eagles doing some NBA stuff live on Eagles tomorrow. Niners watch party on Sunday, gearing up for the playoffs. I cannot wait. And I'm hoping that either the Niners and or Eagles make deep playoff runs because that
1: means that both of those channels Eagles now 49ers report will be popping. I got a bunch of new NFL film. We broke down some Purdy last night. We got a bunch of different, uh, different stuff and I can't wait. Um, I can dive into this now that I got, man, I got so much different film. I got all these different guys. We're going to just start showing a lot more film, less talking. Um, awesome. we got, we, we, I don't know if you saw that clip I showed last night. Um, but he, uh, this is why I don't know if, um, if Purdy can recognize things that is going to happen later on in the season. Um, and I just want to leave you with this, and this is what I just want to make sure that we're clear on. I don't know if Purdy could beat the Eagles in Philly um, when the game counts. Uh, I'm curious to see this, but this is the first snap. Uh, this was—I know he played. You know better than me. This was his first start after he played a half the week before, right? The
4: Bucks game,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, this is—he got welcome to the NFL right here. Uh, they did a couple swaps and trades, and Shanahan likes doing. They did that. They brought the guy off the edge. He doesn't have a clue. And <laughs> to the NFL. Um, yeah. Hey, you gotta understand, this is what's gonna happen in the NFL. Because remember, this is week one. No film on you. I right. got no film on this guy right here. I'm worried about Debo and Iuke and 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 McCaffrey. Now I got to worry about my third quarterback. By the time that he has to go play Philly or whoever, they're going to scheme him and all that swagged out shit we like about Purdy. I, we're going to see if he has the hit factor and is he going to be a guy? I just think he's going to struggle and the Niners are going to struggle due to the fact that they lack outside wideout threats and they don't have a guy to stand in there. I don't think. Uh, let me ask you this before you get out of here. Is Jimmy G done? Ooh. He's done with San Francisco, but I
4: think he's going to go to a team like the Jets or another quarterback-needy team that is just desperate for a quarterback. And go back to that last play. Like, Can Juszczyk kind of chip the DB there before he goes out on his route to help Purdy in protection a little bit? I know that the Bucs overloaded that side. Purdy should probably see it. But a guy like Zach Wilson, he'll fold after that. Brock Purdy didn't. He still accounted for three touchdowns, threw some dimes downfield to Christian McCaffrey, ran for a touchdown as well. So it's all about how you respond in the face of adversity and how you adjust after a play like this. And Purdy in that game did it, and Purdy throughout this year did. So you check, I think you tell me should you check Chip twenty two here before he goes out.
1: See, it's not a it's not a question like should he or not because this is built into schematics. So the schematics are. Okay, he's out, he's out, he's gone. A free release week. So he's the back here is weak. So he is now responsible. No, the quarterback has this guy solely on his own. Okay. So that's the heavy side too for the offense. And now this guy's gonna cover and drop out, and we're gonna get another guy drop out. So so we gotta handle this tight end over the middle. We gotta handle you so. If it was schematically a check in there, Purdy has to understand okay, stay give a stay, stay, stay call. Or do we cancel McCaffrey? But we do these things to get guys to blitz so that we can hit them hot. But they don't have a hot guy uh, on this side because McCaffrey's gone weak. Yeah. So it's just a schematical thing. So it's just one of those things that he's going to have to understand. And that's going to be Shanahan putting him in the right situation, which I think he'll do. Yeah. But quiet is kept, man. Shanahan struggles in big games too now. Yeah, he's blown many,
4: many big leads in big games. But I don't know if he's had a roster this good with a team that's won nine straight with the momentum that they have right now. And I don't know if he's trusted Jimmy Garoppolo like he's trusting Brock Purdy now. And again, like Purdy, he got popped on that play. Probably should know that 22's coming or tell you check a the chip there. But he came back after that and he carved the bucks up. And every single week after that, I think that he's made strides, missed some throws against the Raiders. But still, late in the game, guy has this knack for making plays and staying cool, calm, and collected under pressure. Can he do it in the playoffs as well? It's one of the biggest storylines and questions going into the playoffs because
1: if he plays well, I think San Francisco wins the NFC. Uh, hey, it's two to be determined, man. And, uh, looking forward to the games. Hopefully everybody can get past the incident for Monday. Hopefully those two teams, uh, you know, nobody's talking about it. Hopefully those two teams can get past it mentally. Like you said, there's a, there could be a mental block there that, that does give an advantage to someone else. Um, that's not invested in this kid as like the bills are or even the Bengals by witnessing it, even though they're playing against them. So we're going to see how this plays out and hopefully the kids up and well soon. And, uh, It'd be a great thing to see. But uh, always thank you for coming on, man. And It's always a pleasure. Go kill it this week, and i uh, see you next week. Yes, sir. Happy New Year. Brother, take it easy. Peace. Yep. Later. Later. Follow Chase Sr. on all platforms. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, Instagram, and on his show right here on YouTube. Um, Chat Sports, he does a great job for the Niners and the Eagles, and he does a hell of a job. If you haven't watched him live, go watch him kill it. Um, man, been a great show. I appreciate all you guys. Coming through, checking it out, and uh hit that like button, subscribe, become a member. And uh hey man, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, God willing, uh, right here, same time, 6 a.m. Pacific. Don't go anywhere, hit the Coach JB show, uh, go to Coach JB store and tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific, Sean Salisbury will join me. We're gonna do last chance Q, number two install of 2023. We're gonna break down Mac Jones and Daniel Jones. So Appreciate you guys. And uh, I'll check it out. Pre game fitness. I will check that out. Savion Smith. I'll see you later on. And uh, appreciate you guys. Pound that like button on your way out. And uh, I'll see you later on. Peace.